what's poppin'? Drew and Mike show. Rolling from the DealsNadie.com studios. Kicking off another week. And, man, we got a lot to uh, get into right away here as a big sports story broke on Friday. So stand by for uh, Eli Zeret. Got some other stuff. We got a lot of stuff today. There's just, I feel like this every day. Is there more stuff going on than normal? Is the stuff just add up day by day, year by year? Depends your definition of stuff. Well, I think National stories, what? I guess it's the availability of information just makes me feel like, uh, I missed that one and I missed that one or we should have had that one. Because there are days where you think there isn't really a lot going on, though. That used to happen every now and then, once in a while, but not often now. <laughs> There, I mean, Christmas time, you know, holidays or holiday weekends, but not now. You know so. what's interesting? I don't know if you saw this or not. I never get into Hall Financial. A buddy of mine, uh, my college roommate, has a mailbox that people were putting uh, dolls in, like like a little dollhouse. It made national news. People <laughs> all over the. Did you see that? I did see my that. My friend yeah. Don. It, it was in the Free Press. He started with a little na- like little neighborhood magazine called uh, Nook or something. I don't know what it was. What was the point of gathering all the dolls? Well, he, he has this custom mailbox, and some neighbors started putting little do- then, then little beds for the dolls and tables for the dolls, and they're and they're building this. You know, season ends at Halloween. They put little you know uh, ghosts in there, and so he. He was amazed by this and made national news. USA Today, free press, and people would call me from other countries. Is that your old roommate? That's an incredible story. And we have super it just shows you. We have stink bombs. I just like that you still hang out with your college roommate. Yeah, I do. You guys must have a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, Hall Financial is our presenting sponsor. The spring buying season is rocking and rolling. Inventory's on the rise. And Hall Financial's got a couple programs you might like. they got a ton of programs, in fact. They just announced 1% down payment with up to $4,000 in forgivable down payment assistance for qualified buyers. Hey, how about that? And then, of course, the refis. If you want to know about how much equity is there is in your home, what do you have an opportunity to do, just call Hall, 866-CALL-HALL, and make sure to tell them we sent you. Dr. Yaldo presents Say It My Way, an Eli Zarek production. I'm glad you told me that. I did not know that song. Sounds like it rocks. Well, uh, Eli, this Jameson Williamson, this Jameson, Jameson Williams news on Friday just sent people spinning. I turned on 97.1. I turned on Woodward Sports, and it's, oh, this is going to affect the draft. The Lions, uh, they should take a receiver at 18, and uh, wait, 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 they Drew, can't take a quarterback now. Wait, wait, are you saying that our draft, our mock draft that we just did on Thursday is yes. going to be obsolete? Ab- absolutely obsolete. Well, <sighs> we'll have to do another one. Maz and Ryan. Well, Ryan <laughs> took C.J. Stroud with the sixth pick. Maz forgot and took Hendon Hooker, 18. <laughs> so the Lions have two quarterbacks in the first round of that mock draft, unfortunately. It, mu- it must affect mock drafts because Dave Burkett just put out his 5.0. I-, I don't know what's changed other than that. Wow, this has really gotten silly. Ridiculous. <laughs> right. And now people start coming up with crazy ideas. Like, there guys are there that say, no, the Lions are going to trade up and either get, as we said the other day, Will Anderson, the, the edge guy. Now they're going to trade up and get B. John Robinson, the running back, and nobody drafts running backs in the first round. They could, you know, move up and get Anthony Richardson. So who knows? Nobody well, knows it but, but, but Brad Holmes. And it could change depending on how the draft goes. I want to say this. Uh, of all the comments I heard people making, and there were myriad 
Some people insisted that this means we have to take a receiver in the top five picks. And I thought... That's nonsense. Well, he's out for six games. He did nothing last year. Exactly. As far as I'm concerned, he was a bust last year. Even when he came back, he did nothing. There's a story. Uh, no, you're right. Because it's it's not what it's how it's going to affect their play in the field. Because they won eight of the last ten games, and all he did was catch one pass and have one run and, and dropped a couple passes, too. It was a yeah. good pass, it's, though. It's, it's that... It's a spiritual injury that he's that he's given the team. You're supposed to be all in. You're supposed to you're supposed to be accountable. You're supposed to care about you know your teammates. You're supposed to think that when you make a move, how's it going to affect my team? And and instead, it's this idiotic, selfish, uh, self sabotage. Uh, you know, it, it's sloppy. It's stupid. It's immature. And on the other end, it's arrogant. It's arrogant. It's idiotic. But how, how is it that four guys in the Lions are among the five that? were suspended. Do the, do the Lions not express that, hey, do not do this on our Of course our property. they do. On a regular, I, I, I thought of Spielman right away and how fucking pissed he must be yeah. at all of this. And Guys lost their career. Cephas yeah. and yeah. C.J. Moore, aren't they done more, like, more than yes. likely? Yeah. Pretty oh, much, yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. they're out. Wow. And, and, and not they only, added depth. It's just so idiotic because it also, the guy was, all 17 million of his contract was guaranteed, his rookie contract that goes four years. Mm-hmm. And now he has lost the last $7 million guarantee because of this rule that has to do with oh. if you're caught for gambling. So he, he potentially, if they dump him, they don't have to pay him the rest of this contract, it's, wow. whether it's a morals clause or whatever. But I want to get more into, into, into Williams and how terribly he, he hurt his team by doing this and the whole thing that they're building for and everything is when you think about it, he bet on a college game that would have been legal if he had gone across the street and bet. Right. And so, I understand and so, that. And so as, as, as ignorant and as unthinking as it was, is that punishment really fair? 40% of his season because he bet on a college— Now, how does that protect— Look how at does all that, the money they make on gambling in the NFL. Right. I mean, look, right. At, the, look at the money. Really, they're going to— Point fingers that judiciously. But they, but they, need, they do okay, counter though. They need to because nothing is more important. If you're, if you're going to make a lot of money off gambling, nothing is more important than making it known that the games are real. I mean, look at all that bullshit last year of the games being fixed. So you really got to you got to crack down on hard on gambling. Well, I, I, I believe that. I, I just wondered, if they don't emphasize that rule, then they just screwed themselves. But I assume they do. Of course and, they and do. I assume this is another Jamison Williams chapter, and, yep. and I'll just go through a few of them. Because I think the, the biggest thing that nobody wanted to say out loud last year is that he was kind of a bust. He's a because bust, Because he looked lost on the field. He had barely any snaps. He was a first-round pick. He had... 10 weeks of games in order to, and a lot of practice, too, to get with this offense. And again, oh, it's not in sync. He'll play 10 plays this week, or maybe we'll get him for 15. Dropped a couple balls, really didn't throw to him that much. And then he was liking some stupid tweets, which I know is dumb, as dumb as this rule. He liked to tweet about acquiring Lamar Jackson, which, wait. What about your quarterback? You don't care about Jared Goff? he wasn't Goff? getting the ball enough. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, wasn't yeah. getting the ball enough. He was ranting on the sidelines about not getting the ball enough. He seems to me like bad news. That's all I can say. I hate to say it. I'm, I'll be excited when he comes back. I'll be rooting for him, but he's going to have to prove me not, wrong. He's not a kid either. I mean, the guy's no. 22. No. But he seems immature. Like when we saw the very last game of the year, he went and he tried to ask Aaron Rodgers for his you know final jersey as a Packer, and Aaron's Jesus. like, no, dude, no, you're not getting this jersey. And it just, I cringe. I was like, oh, oof. 
I cringed at his, his uh, Twitter activity. I thought, that's pathetic. That's ridiculous. What a selfish idiot. And, and his apology, which, Ugh. and he's not the only one. Wasn't even out of his own mouth. It's clear, right. It's clear that he didn't write. Jameson takes full responsibility and is very apologetic to the NFL, his teammates, and the fans in the city of Detroit. His violation was due to a technical rule regarding the actual location in which the online Sorry. bet was placed. Jamison would never intentionally jeopardize the oh, integrity no. of the game he loves so much. Looks forward to getting back to his team as soon as possible. Well, let's see. So is he an idiot for doing this? Or is he a liar? Which do you prefer? You know, everybody can gamble. You're only minimally re- restricted, but follow the restrictions. So it's, it, again, it's, 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 what it says about his accountability to the team. It's what kind of a teammate am I? You know, it's a breach of faith that with, 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 with everybody has to be all in. Dan Campbell says, I love you guys. You know, we're in this together. And that's when teams win, that's what they are. And if you're a kid who hasn't done shit in the NFL yeah. and you do this, then, you know, you ought to just throw yourself at the mercy and, 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 and say it yourself. But... And, and explain it better, but it's just ridiculous. One thing that I, I do agree with that was being talked about a lot is I do believe the Lions have to think even harder about drafting Jalen Carter. If they were still yeah. thinking about drafting him when he's available, I think you've got a head case on your team already that you drafted in the first round last year. Do you really want to go down that road again? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, you know, I was thinking the analogy, and it probably doesn't work. I remember when I, when I got to middle school, and it was all the kids were all bigger. It's seventh grade, and I was seventh grade, and ninth grade. They go in the bathroom the first day, and there's two guys smoking in the bathroom. And I thought to myself, <laughs> oh my God, how gutsy is this? You know you're going to get caught. Why would you do this? I can't believe it. Let me get out of here so they don't think it's me. And this is almost like when, you, when, you're, t- when you're told the rules about gambling and you do it, it's, fuck you, I can do what I want. Especially I when 17. you're in the NFL that is a yeah. high-paying job. It's kind of a privilege. Everybody wants that gig. Play by the rules. Exactly. It's not that. But, you know, there are, there are those, of course, that say, well, let's try and understand. Here's a guy that, uh, by the way, he's a, a professor of sports ethics at Baruch College. Have you heard of Baruch College lately? No, That's no. the one that George Santos claimed yeah, that he graduated exactly. from. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Baruch yeah. College. He goes, <laughs> I should know that. <laughs> the young athletes in professional sports leagues get mixed messaging. And as long as the NFL has partnerships with betting companies, oh fuck you, shut up. So it's right. That's that's like let's who asked him for a comment. I want them fired. Well, Whoever they, asked him for s- comment, I want them fired. And <laughs> they see the ad, and all of a sudden they forget they're playing in the right. game. Exactly, exactly. Who so, seriously? Where was that? Who who carried that? Uh, I somewhere probably the New York Times. I want the writer fired. <laughs> Why would you go to that guy? So so in 1991, I, I went and, and checked my history because. All my early years as a sports reporter, gambling was this awful thing. The NFL did everything it could mm-hmm. to prevent it from happening. In 1999, Paul Tagliabue, the commissioner, went in front of Congress to insist to support legis- a legislation that effectively bans sports betting. He, he said, we should not gamble with our children's heroes. <laughs> and then in 2012, Roger, Roger Goodell was talking about a, a sports betting. He goes, the harm that sports gambling poses to the goodwill, character, and integrity of the NFL. <laughs> and then as soon as in 2018, the Supreme Court overturns, they couldn't rush into gambling fast enough. Well, they need more money. If you, if you can't beat them, join them. But they you know, need more money. They always need more money. Right. Players get paid so much more today than they did then. 
So the likelihood of them throwing a game for a few extra bucks just is a lot less than it was. Right. Yeah. Right. It isn't like the old college basketball scandals where the kids have no money at all and some gambler offers them $1,000 they can get out of a debt. The Chicago Black Sox of 1919 who made $200 a season. It's true, though. (laughs) But it doesn't really affect them on the field, except that it's a waste of a a first-round draft pick. Because they do have good receivers. They've got Marvin Jones coming back. They've got Ross Sant Brown. They've got you know they got they got some decent. Am I the only one that wanted to know if he won the bet? (laughs) Right. It would be nice to know if it was a big bet, small bet, probably just a. Or if he won. What if he won? It's right. What if he has a gambling problem? If he's gambling (laughs) on site. There. I mean, there is something to be said for that. I mean, I guess it's possible if all four of them are doing it. Yeah. I again. To think of those by guys. The way, by the way, if you out there old. have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred. Yes, of course we should, have that, we should have that on the screen or on the uh, on the top of the episode. Every fucking story includes one eight hundred gambler. It's a classic unforced error. But yeah, yeah he, he got he got a ten million dollars signing bonus, and he still owed seven million. And I was shocked when I when I realized that that it was guaranteed, and now it isn't. So talk about. Um, well, shooting yourself in the foot. I just want to give props to Ryan Armani. When we had him on for the mock draft, he said, something's weird. He said, Brad Holmes was asked, mm. why is Jameson Williams not been around so much? And he just said, he was here yesterday and added nothing else. Mm. Nothing. Not like, oh, he's working hard. He's doing a great job. None of that, which you know they would. Yeah, they've known since March, yeah. though, that there yeah. was an investigation. Mm-hmm. Which, God, don't you wonder how they found out? Yes, Absolutely. Pretty amazing. How do you suppose well, no, they, you know, they narked? Be, no, because every... Is there Geo? No, 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 no. Every player in the league, the league knows about because they got these 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 deals with these major gambling companies. It's FanDuel or BetMGM. Sure. These are all partners of the NFL. And so every player's phone, every player's location, they know wow. where they are. They've they do got, GPS on where they, they are? They know where... Wow. How did they know... What about their privacy? How, how did they know where he did where, where he made the bet from? Exactly. Yeah. No, that's good. What, so, their privacy is not more important than knowing where they're gambling? I think, well... Really? When you make, listen, when you're... Hey, when you talk make, to your union. We could find out a lot about their, their GPS locations, we, we, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but let, let's talk about the, the, the other aspect is the Lion fans. Let's talk about the fans. What are the? It's, it isn't so much what Williams' future is or whether it makes a big difference. Lion fans have waited so long to get satisfaction from this team to think we're on our way, so mm-hmm. they're going to definitely overreact and be angry because Lion management has been bad for so long. And here, of the seven players... Who have been suspended since 2018 with this gambling began? Four of them, over half of them, are lions. That's that's it's huge embarrassment to the organization. Really? Yep, yep. So, Amen. So, lion fans are are are. Uh, I, I don't know how whether you can generalize how they're affected by this, but I gather a lot of them are really really pissed and well, don't even know who to be mad at. This, at this town point. is so nuts about this football team. So nuts. Everyone was on their ear on Friday. I got a lot of text messages from people right. that I normally wouldn't expect to about just a Lions story, but... Are you afraid of the hype train, though? I mean, they're, they're, they're coming out with all these no. odds makers who are like, hey, the Lions are um, like the... They are what they are. Highest odds to win the Super Bowl so far or something really? like that. Really? What? Or, or gambling, at least. I think people are putting a lot of money on them because of the value of the bet. Well, they, they okay. beat the spread a lot last year, but it, it, that may that may turn around this and that, but you know... 
<laughs> the mentality of the fan is that you know um, you got to players have to have the team's welfare. If I care so much about the Lions, why don't you? Thinks, why don't you? Exactly. <laughs> yes. I care more than you do. What kind of bullshit is that? So. Anyway, uh, so, oh, and by the way, once gambling, of course, came in, the, the, the NFL, or once it was legalized, now Las Vegas, a place that they abhorred and, 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 and constantly <laughs> ripped and avoided and kept the point. Now, well, we got, we, got the, we got the Raiders there, and we got the Super Bowl coming now, we got the draft. And Oakland, all the, Oakland A's, maybe. Oh, that's baseball. <laughs> Could be. God. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, uh, so the draft is Thursday, right? The draft yep, is coming yes. up on Thursday. Nobody knows. Uh, I do think the Lions are going to take a quarterback somewhere. They have Would to, you like yeah. to see him take uh, Hendon Hooks with number 18 if he's still around? Uh, no. Well, all five I'm might not, be gone. I'm not then. nuts about him, but I'm not nuts about him either. Well, you saw him as a whole. I did. I, I think he's a good quarterback. I do. He's, I think a, he's a good player, but I just don't think he's the guy. Hmm. Well, that this again, is me. He, I don't like Anthony Richardson, so what do I know? Well, the, the, uh, the only question is, what do the Lions think of him? And, and, and Anthony Richardson's hot. He's supposed to go in the top four, the That's kid from hear. Florida. And, and, and Hendon Hook says, or Hooker says, I'm the best of the five quarterbacks in the first round. Well, he's not, but he should say that. Right, right, right. you got to believe. He said, I have myself at number one, my football IQ, how I'm able to <laughs> process things at a high speed. Well, boy, com- wait, my competitive nature and how accurate I am with the ball? He is accurate. I agree. Yeah. He is. Um, did you see the S2 cognitive tests, which are the new Wonderlicks? Yeah, that's amazing. The, did you see it? what the yeah, scores that, were? That, that, that C.J. Stroud is, is absolutely uh, off at, the, at charts. the idiot level, right? Yeah, 18%. He's in the 18th percentile. Bryce Young is in the 98th, which doesn't surprise me a bit because I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, and then I Richardson, Richardson was near the top, too, wasn't he? Richardson was seventy in the 79th percentile. Okay. Uh, Will Levis was 93 percentile. Let's see. Yeah, he's the fourth. Uh, Jake uh, Hayner was 96. Clayton, Clayton, who's that? Where was Hendon? Hendon was uh, seven, 46 percent. And CJ was 18 percent. Yeah, but Hendon says, I can make every level throw, and also I'm deadly in the run game. <laughs> There's some truth to that. I don't know, a deadly in the run That's game. That's what he said. He's not a sprinter. his words. He's quick, but oh. he runs too much. He runs too quickly. If you look at his carries in college, he carried the ball a lot because he gives up on, on the quick, receivers. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, did you see the Tiger game today? Oh. I heard they lost. They- I, you know. They have one. But Brandon says they, they don't have any good. They have, they have one good. I think Eduardo Rodriguez is a is a quality starter. Uh, he had no pitchers are all players. All, all players. I think Riley I think, Green's a good ball player. Drew wants to hear you say carps. Carps. <laughs> Riley Green has yeah. potential. Riley Green is not a good ball player yet. Riley Green well, is, is there is their leading hitter at two thirty seven. He's not on oh, a carpenter hitting hard in that, isn't he? No, but maybe he doesn't have enough uh, at well, best to his, qualify. His Actually, slugging percentage was five hundred. Yeah. He's got seven extra base hits. Well, he he had a beautiful game going today. He had a no hitter through a perfect game through six and two thirds. Wow! But then they took him out after the seventh inning. And how many Shre- pitches? Ninety five. Yeah. But Shreve comes in, and it really wasn't his fault. Although he did, he Shreve fumbled a little uh, little roller at first that let him on a little bunt, and then Akil Badu just doesn't have an arm. No. And 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 you get, you you can't be a liability in the outfield. He is that. Yeah, if you're not a, a really great hitter, his speed makes up for a lot of his liability. Yeah. But he's not a guy I want the ball hit to when the game's on the line. 
So there's seven. Did he make a bad throw? I didn't see the play. Well, it was just a slow. It was one of those throws that kind of bounces three oh, times. That yeah. kind of rolls the last ten feet. Okay. <laughs> and then the runner scored. Put it this way: the runner scored from first on a double that never got more than 180 feet from home plate. So it didn't look good. It was not a good look. And you know, I, I we didn't even talk about this. Matt Manning is out with a broken foot now. Yeah. Matt Manning. Wh- can we not keep a guy in the starting rotation for more than a month? I mean, can you believe the injuries they've had? Their top two guys are out for the, well, season, I don't know. Uh, well, Eduardo's number one, I guess. Yeah. But the next two. Who are they? Uh, Scooble. Casey. Casey, uh, Scooble. And Scooble. Yeah. Yeah, those guys are both, I think, decent pitchers. But who knows when we'll see him? And Matt Manning's out now. And I think he was throwing the ball well. He was. Speaking of pitchers. Max Scherzer suspended for 10 games. <laughs> for and what? At, and at $43 million, that's a lot of cash. <laughs> I mean, uh, what'd he do? Well, he was, he was using the rosin bag, and the umpires felt that the ball was too sticky. So I, I, I saw Lance mm. Parrish last night. We were at an event together. Ooh. And he said, um, Oh, I was there with Dave Rose and Willie Horton, too. Can I get a ooh for that? Ooh, 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 ooh. Anyway. Um, he was saying, I forget which pitcher he's talking about, but rosin, of course, is supposed to dry your hands. Your hands, yeah. But guys mix it with other things. You're using an example of a guy that would put sunscreen on, and the sunscreen <laughs> together with the rosin would make a sticky substance. You had the, uh, I think it's, it's called not ticky tack. There's some um, spider tack. Spider tack that that Garrett Cole was using a couple of years ago. He went into a deep funk after they caught him on that. But you know, pitchers. Pitchers have been doing this throughout history. Yes, Gay- Gaylord Perry's book Grease Ball, he that he that he produced when he was still playing. By the way, he, great great line was there. He's talking to about um, uh, Rod Carew, and he said, "I I grease him, I grease him. That's all I throw him, and he still hits him." He said he's the only player in baseball who consistently hits my grease. He sees the ball so well he can pick out the dry side and hit it. <laughs> but anyway, and Don Sutton was uh, you know they caught him for for sandpaper. You had the Joni, but so, and and it's interesting because guys will use substance to make the ball spin more or to make the ball spin less. They do all kinds of different things with it, and uh, and they check the pitchers after every inning now. So, Scherzer was going to appeal the sentence, he didn't, or the suspension, and Uh it was some one sixteenth of forty four million, whatever that is. Do we know when JV is coming back for the Mets? No, no, I don't. I don't know. They keep talking about him uh, being soon, but he hasn't. They've got JV and Scherzer in the Mets rotation. I mean, can you imagine thinking about that back in 2013? That those two guys would be at the top of their game in the rotation for the New York Mets in ten 20... years later. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was yeah, surprised so. to find out Drew Smiley's still on a major league yeah, team pitching, I, and what a way to find out. Wait, what happened to him? I saw him on the the crawl, but I don't even know what happened. He was throwing a perfect game for the Cubs through seven, what? and then there was a little dribbler by the pitcher's mound, and he grabbed it to throw to first. But meanwhile, his catcher decided to bull right through him and knock the ball out. <laughs> so he lost no his kidding. perfect game. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Did you see that? Um, Do you see that? The, oh, there the, it is. In the transgender wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he tried to jump that over is him. So little league right there. <laughs> and the two guys just lying on the floor, looking at the ground, looking at each other. <laughs> this woman, Elisa Heinerscheid. Oh yes, with Bud Light. They 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 fired her uh, for her. There was a leave of absence. What did you think of the uh, little little uh, thing I sent you today about Dylan McMulvaney? Did you see that? I don't it's, think I saw it. It is so funny. It goes, how many beers would it take to make Dylan Volmini a woman? 
<laughs> well, I gotta say, the pictures that they kept putting out of Dylan Mulvaney, you know, with holding up her beer, that <clears throat> with that cute little face. What I mean, just cute. I can't believe that is what a beer drinker wants to see. And Bud said this week that sales were down and that it was rough but not catastrophic. And I thought, oh, not catastrophic. Now there's a marketing campaign where it's your losses aren't catastrophic. Well, well, they, I think they do 130 billion a year, and this is going to cost them five billion. So it's not catastrophic. It's no. two or three percent, which is a lot, and the shareholders are not going to like that. But probably not you know, really what you want in a marketing campaign. But this is cancel culture. One of the problems that Bud was losing, Bud was losing market share, and this woman, uh, she di- she disparaged Bud's branding, saying it's been kind of fratty. That was the wor- that was the worst part. I thought she basically put down everyone that came before right. her as a bunch of idiots. Right, right. and and so oh, she so, so she dismisses the fratty culture. But it turns out when she was a student at Harvard, <gasps> she was mocked after images on her now deleted Facebook <gasps> page showed her at a campus scavenger hunt, blowing up condoms like balloons <gasps> and downing beers <laughs> during, <laughs> during a booze fest. <laughs> so you know whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She sounded, you know, she sounded like a know-it-all, a Gen Z. You know, she's not Gen Z, but she sounded like a Gen Z know-it-all. Oh, everything's about inclusivity, and we got to get women to drink more beer. And I'm thinking, no, I don't think you go for the tiny market you're not getting. Women are a big market, but I, women beer drinkers, I, I don't know. Don't you want to go with your strength? Like all the beer drinking is going on in this gender, exactly. So don't you want to get more them to drink more of your beer rather than go to the small one group? of the one of the. Um, uh, touchstones or the foundations of marketing is you can't be everything to everybody. You find your niche and that's where you can make something really big. And that's what Bud Light, Bud Light was for, you know, blue collar workers and, you know, softball players, you know, going to the bar and, and, and she, and she just really made it. Well, she said it was about inclusivity. They need to bring everybody into the tent. And Doesn't work I, I just don't way. think it was a bad. I don't think it was a good campaign. I think she meant well, but uh, she's a you know Harvard grad who went to Groton, a sixty thousand dollar private school in high school, <laughs> and she doesn't know it all as it turns out. Although she sure sounded like it on the podcast she was on. I think a lot of pe- a lot of companies don't want people from Yale and Harvard. They want people who are just good at what they do, have to work harder to get where they where they got, and and, and, and got to be in touch. Exactly. She yeah. sounded out of touch. Yeah. Anyway. I'm so sorry to hear that. I bet she gets a good job, though. I'll bet you someone hires her. Probably so. She's, I'm sure she's good at something, but she's just not good at, at, at marketing to, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, to Bud Light drinkers. No, I doubt it. Uh, and the last thing, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but I'm so disappointed that uh, this whole transgender thing and that the Democrats are just taking too hard a line, and it's hard for me to side with the right in a lot of things, but... I just can't believe we're pushing this hard to have men play with women in sports. I support Sage Steele and, and Samantha Ponder and this Riley Gaines. Come on. It's, you know, and, and well, don't terrorize also, people because they disagree anyway. They're allowed to disagree. You don't have to call them phobes. And, exactly. You know, what the fuck? Come on. It's just, it's just, it's, and so my question is, if you were to, I, so I'm thinking, well, maybe, Maybe before pre-puberty, you can have them all play together as some type of uh, fairness or inclusivity. Then I thought, you know, if you took a team of ten-year-old boy baseball players, ten-year-old girl baseball players, the ten-year-old boys would still win, yeah, even it's though not fair. And so it, it should. And then I also realized after watching the, the Bill Maher thing that you that you told me mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen that Leah Thomas 
has a penis. Yeah. She yeah. has a penis. And they were supposed to change in front of her with her penis, but no, they all left the locker room and changed in a private bathroom. She's attracted they didn't to women, change too. in front of her dick and uh, balls. Uh, yeah, she's attracted to women, exactly. Uh, that's insane. It's that's insane. so insane. I can't believe, honestly, if I were to advise either party, I'd say, left, get off this. Get and off right, the, get the, off abortion. You're going to lose on abortion over there. And if you're talking about, oh, absolutely. If you're, if you're talking about eight and nine-year-old kids, an eight-year-old doesn't know if they're transgender or not. They're still a girl. They're still a boy. It shouldn't be, 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 it shouldn't be an issue. But once you get to puberty, it's over. It's anyway, it's just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Well, I, I, I thought that uh, Leah by. Thomas was not very helpful in the whole thing either because she, if she, in She's, my opinion, if she really understood and wanted to make this work, she would have changed somewhere else. And let them have the locker room. But no, she insisted on, she, I have a right to be in this locker see, room. This Putting sports into the mix ruins it for genuinely transgender people that are doing this because they're trying to find their true self. You can't argue with that. Anybody can be whatever they want to be. But when you start imposing on sports that we all take so seriously, it's so important to, to kids' growth and to, and to learn to be a teammate and the competitiveness and all the reason that we like them. And you do this. By confusing it this way and trying to be included, let's let transgender people do whatever they want. Just don't play sports with us. I keep saying I don't know how we got here because I, I don't, don't know. I don't know how we got here. I really don't. It's it's unfortunately it's the it's the wokest thing of all, and it's hurting transgender people instead of helping them. And it'll hurt the party. It'll hurt the Democratic right. Party. Guarantee right. it. Right. But uh, all right. All right. Hey. Hey. Whoa, 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 I will admit. The thought of seeing better without glasses and contacts that you ever did with them sounds too good to be true, but it is true. That's the miracle of custom LASIK, and the majority of Dr. Yaldo's custom LASIK patients see better than 2020, which is the definition of perfect. It's like how struck, you, how awestruck you were the first time you saw a big screen in high definition, and these multifocal implants that I got when I had cataracts, designed for people 40-plus who hate their reading glasses. You can throw them in the bifocals in the trash. You'll see again up close and far away with great sharpness. There's no need to settle for bad vision, and either procedure is life-changing. No more exams, no more costly frames, lenses, no more hassle. Just call 800-398-EYES. Go to yaldoeyescenter.com and save 1500 on custom LASIK by mentioning. Hey, get out of here. All right. All right. Hey, take the rest of the week right. off. <laughs> get hey, some get golfing. out of here. Hey, get out of here. I <laughs> right, want to toss out a big thank you to Greg H., Tanya T., Vincent S., JT, I knew it was coming, and Amanda K., they all bought vehicles at Zapford and Holly. And when you support our sponsors, you support the Drew and Mike podcast, and we do appreciate that. So if you're in the market for something new or pre-loved, or if you just want to sell your car, please give our friends at Zot a shot. Isla. <laughs> just rush. Run out the door so fast. I'm kidding. Be careful. All right. Sugar it's over. time for another Train with Lane dog training tip. Fucking dog. Your dog needs frequent walks to expend some of the pent-up energy from dry-humping stuffed toys that look like NBA players. Sometimes, though, nature calls and your dog will need to relieve themselves, especially if they're all backed up from eating human food, your opiates, various <laughs> household oh, items, on. and whatever the hell else you keep leaving on the floor. If a well-meaning neighbor asks you to ensure that you clean up after your pup, just calmly look them in the eye and say, Mind your own business, milkshake. Also, now might be a great time to train your dog to bite old people. <laughs> and that's your Train with Lane dog training tip.
I've taken so much shit in my life. <laughs> I swear to God, somebody tweeted out this thing. It wasn't about Lila, but it was a, it was an excerpt from Buzzboard. Okay. I'm like, oh my God. These people are just so every two weeks angry. Every two weeks at us. on the uh, on the oh, Wednesday no. following um, having Carl on. Mm-hmm. Every Wednesday, our <laughs> our buzzboard article gets po- populated by like fifteen well, new complaints strength, about Carl. This is a uh, the buzzboard hates Carl. Southeast Michigan Why? Detroit market radio or media buzzboard, and it seems to me there's are <laughs> media people on the buzzboard. And our string is complaints about the Drew and Mike show, and it's got 156 of them. It's like fuck you. What do you can't you say something nice about the show? I realize buzzboard is incredibly critical. <laughs> Oh, yeah. But Jesus Christ, some of those are like, I mean, I, I, I just thought there's no reason for living for any of us. Everyone on the show should just off themselves. I'm serious. This, Everyone eight, just gets uh, wailed uh, on. 13 paragraph <laughs> a post. Just oh, that to, guy's re- just about Carl. <laughs> there's one guy in there who's like, you know, I was trying to relax after work and I put on the show. And I just couldn't get through. Oh, my God, it was so terrible. And I'm like. Just don't listen to the show. Relax. <laughs> Look how big this is. This is a book. This is a Britney rant. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even being criticized for my hip injury, that it's affecting my show, <laughs> that I'm cranky. <laughs> Holy crap. These have to be, these have to be media people. They have to be. They're former. Well, anyway, um, the nice thing is that you can read the other strings, and then you realize how pathetic and worthless yeah. all the other people in the media are, and then we're all the same, I guess. That's a pretty rough rant there. Anyway, uh, so if you're in the market for something new or pre-loved, or if you just want to sell your car, give our friends at Zada Shot. They've been with us from the beginning. You can get out there today, lease a new 22 Ford Bronco, sport big bend all-wheel drive as low as two ninety eight a month, or buy the damn thing with 1.9% financing for 72 months. Or stop by Zot and lease a new 22 Ford Explorer XLT four-wheel drive as low as two eighty-two a month. Or buy this cheeky bastard with 1.9% financing for 72 months. Uh, finally, lease the 22 Ford F-150 Supercrew XLT 4x4 at two forty-four a month or lower. And you could actually save another $22.50 a month if you qualify for a Ford private offer. Give Anthony or Gabara a call today to see if you're eligible. Plus, you can buy this bad boy with 2.9% financing for 72 months as well. Get details and search Zot's banging inventory at dealsinthed.com. And then uh, Legacy Partners, when's the last time you checked your home and auto insurance rates? If you haven't checked in the last year, chances are you're paying too much because they always jack it up. Now the cost of doing business and the administrative cost of everything. So they always jack it up a little bit. If you wait for four or five years without getting a quote, I guarantee you, you can probably do better. I guarantee you, you can probably do better. That's not much of a guarantee, is it? Great guarantee. <laughs> but if you work at that, reminds me, Brandon, of the girl at the 420 bash. Oh yeah. Who? Charlie Langdon went over. Charlie Langdon interviewed the highest people he could find at the 420 party for Channel Two, and this girl, I've never heard a statement that is so made up as she goes along, <laughs> and it didn't really work out either. Oh, but she's it was really funny. So high. We're going to have to watch that because that was the greatest man on the street. He had the greatest people. It went viral. Play her one-liner, though. The holiday uh, that only matters to a lot of people in Detroit. 
What? <laughs> what the hell? It only matters to a lot of people in Detroit. I got to tell you. What? People in Detroit love Charlie. Every one of those people Great. around him were just like, Charlie, you want to get high? You want to smoke some weed? It's funny how people <laughs> still want people to get high that shouldn't get high. I mean, he's doing the news. Hit Hi, it, Charlie. Charlie. Hit it, Charlie. Hit it, Charlie. You hit it, man. Hit it, Charlie. If that's not an Emmy-winning story, I don't know what one is, because everybody was laughing about it. Jimmy Kimmel played it. Yes. They did. On uh, his show. Super viral on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit right now. So, yeah, if you haven't checked your rates in a few years, I guarantee you they're probably high. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, Legacy Partners keeps an eye on your rates and continuously shops all the carriers to make sure you have the best program. If you haven't called them this year, call them now, and you'll end up pissed at your current provider. But you'll be happy when you sign up with Legacy. They also do, in addition to home and auto, great life insurance programs. And they can get you signed up for Medicare or Medicaid, which is a pain in the ass. So give them a call today for any instance, 589-209-4106, or just go to our website and click the link to get started with your new quote. And Ghostbusters, hey, why not mention them again? What a great 420 it was out there with Brandon and Brandon and Marcus and Eli. Oh, I forgot to give Eli a hard time for being so soft. Yeah, and chilly and cold. My God, he had to leave because he was too cold? Well, he got here and he was like, as soon as I got, as soon as I got home, it was warm again. What was I thinking? Well, he could have gone inside. <laughs> I know. Wasn't, you guys weren't locked out, were you? No, not at all. Anyway, they, uh, they want to thank everybody for coming out on 420. Ghost Budsters had a great time. They gave away a lot of pre-rolls. And uh, it was nice to meet everybody. And this brand is really, uh, I just can't imagine a better outcome when we started with these guys. They're not the big, big, big guys. And they thought, well, maybe we can get an edge with this podcast. And people seem to be very loyal to the sponsors. And I think they have taken that position in the cannabis industry Anyway, they've got events going on all summer, and we'll keep you posted on where and when. Meanwhile, just ask for Ghostbusters at your local dispensaries. And they are available at Breeze and Hazel Park. Where are they available there? Information, Entropy in Ann Arbor, Dispo and Romeo in Hazel Park, Geology in Westland, Green Genie in Detroit, MindRight in uh, New Baltimore, and so on. And quickly, Lady Jane's award-winning haircut experience automatically Enter for your chance to win not one, but two vehicles of your choice, courtesy of Les Stanford, Buick GMC of Ferndale. Two cars, one for you and one for that special someone in your life. Walk in anytime. It's always wicked awesome at Lady Jane's Haircuts for Men. Hey, you want to play that uh, Bud Light song, Brandon? Because we hit on Bud Light before I was expecting to, but I want to play the song again. I think the song is really well done. Regardless Even of how you feel about Bud Light. cans are celebrating transgenderism. Bud Light has they just released a They didn't need to put Tucker in here, can. but His name is Dylan the video is hilarious, too. Bud Wait a minute, these lyrics are crazy. <laughs> what did he just say? Well, he, he <laughs> says we need all guns in the classroom. And then he mentions Nashville, which is just a weird... My favorite line in the song is, One nation under God is tight. <laughs> the lyrics, though, are... I know there's some weird lyrics in here. Can we keep the drag queens at the classroom? Teachers need guns in their classroom. Let's have a moment of silence for Nashville. Nashville. My body's talking, I need me 
Blacks for Trump. Go woke, go broke. Dylan Mulvaney's a joke. LGB getting sunk by the team. Generally assignment switching P's and V's. Fake news always spreading disease. Like two queers with HIV. Like two queers with HIV. Oh man. Switching P's and V's. Fake news always spreading disease. Like two queers with HIV. For the kids, they trying to eat them. People stop getting jabbed, now they trying to feed them. FDA playing with our food, can't you believe them? 84 million Biden voters, I don't see them. Fuck but life! Fuck but life! That's a great scream. That old guy pouring his beer out, I don't even think he knows what's going on. He does not know who Dylan Mulvaney is, the guy with the gray hair. No, that was just like they, they called him over. Hey, you want a beer? <laughs> well, um, you know, Go Woke, Go Broke has been around for a while. I keep reading it, and I think usually it's just, I think it's a. it sounds better. It's a better slogan than in reality. Most of Everything these- woke turns to shit. Most of these things just sort of peter out in a couple days, but this was really, I, I, I can't explain it exactly, but honest to God, I, I think people just hit, I, I don't know, just blew up people's heads or the, it just like enough. And I don't even think most people could tell you what bothers them so much about it. But Nike has somehow come out unscathed, I think. Is, are people bitching at Nike? Because the same influencer... As the Bud Light commercial or the yeah, Bud Light thing, more, they've been more done with angry. Nike for seven years. They're so. more, they're more angry at Nike. But this time is different because women are mad at Nike, right? Because they're because taking the girl, ad dollars from the women, right? For a sports bra that this girl doesn't need, she doesn't have tits. <laughs> I mean, seriously, no. I mean, she is so thin. Honestly, um, I saw one person who was really over the top about this. They were suggesting that she's so thin she's anorexic. I have no idea if she's too thin. She's probably too thin. I, I could hardly say whether she is or is not anorexic. Well, she's a guy, so. Anyway. Um, yeah, fuck Bud Light. It's, it's it is an hook. earworm. I... It is. No, it's an earworm. Let's see. There was another big story the last few days that I wanted to mention at the top. I'll get to that. I was thinking, actually, this isn't that big a story, but uh, there's been so much written the last few days about Markle not going to the coronation. And Meghan Markle came out to say, because they were saying, it's because of this letter that she wrote to King Charles uh, after the Oprah thing, identifying who the person was that said they were concerned about the tone of the baby's skin. Sure. Which I, I thought right away... Why, why would you write a letter about something like that? Haven't you I been... I what color the baby is going to come out. I mean, hadn't you been cunty enough to the royal family at that point after the Oprah interview? She's got to write a letter going, Oh, by the way, if you want to know who it is. Well, I guess the king sent her a letter first after Oprah, and she didn't like it, so Ooh. she replied with a letter. She didn't like it? I mean, that's that's amazing. It's funny how when you take the offensive and you're mad at somebody else, it's, it is a little bit harder to be mad at them, but... That Oprah thing was the most ridiculous. I couldn't believe people were actually divided about it. I mean, there's always going to be some people who sympathize with whoever it is, but 
to be crying about, they took away our security. They don't have any money. Mm. They had plenty of money. They're the most privileged people on the planet in the royal family to be crying about money and titles. And oh, my God. It's because I'm an ethnic woman. Plus, her, uh, her wedding was on global television. I mean, they got everything they wanted until one day I suddenly... I not want to be alive anymore. Yeah, she became Markle Seidel, and that was the end of that. What? Markle Seidel. That's when you say you're suicidal just because you want attention. What? <laughs> oh, God, I can't stand her. Their cruelty in going after Megan was just outrageous. So is the letter the reason she's not going to this stupid coordination? No, no, it's not the reason. She came out to say that the letter is not the reason. So that means it probably is. Uh, yeah, probably. Although, I don't know. I so much has happened since then. Says. I think she's going because she would be booed. She's yeah. unwelcome. Nobody wants to see her. And she's despised. She can't I'm find amazed. a babysitter, guys. Yeah, um, and our, and he's going to hurry home so he'll be part of the birthday party. Because... What's his name? Philip's birthday is the same day, or what's the kid's name? Archie. Oh, Archie's yeah. birthday is the same day. To even, to even be mentioning the birthday in an international news story about whether you'll be attending your father's coronation as king and suggesting that your child's birthday is making it difficult for you. I mean, that's really incredible, isn't it? He's four. <laughs> He's four. He doesn't, what his, doesn't even know when his birthday is. There was a YouTube today, because, you know, they've been practicing, which I don't know why they have to practice for the King's Coronation, but did you see the interesting YouTube that came out during practice? I did not. Let me uh, pull this up on the screen there so you can see it. So there's all the uh, horses lined up. See them? They look great. Right? Oh, yeah. And they're marching past Buckingham Palace. And tell me if you notice anything. Was this, was this real, Mark? I don't know. It's just making me laugh, though. But now you ruined it. See the nude guy climbing out of the window? <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. <laughs> See, now I don't believe it because Brandon said that. Exactly, yeah. But I, Thanks, Brandon. I don't know what, <laughs> and then he falls. No, I don't think it's real. I think we would have way more stories about it, but it still made me laugh. Is that Buckingham, that, was that Buckingham Palace, yeah, though? Yeah. It really was? Yeah. Well, then oh, somebody okay. nude was climbing out of Buckingham Palace. Yeah, no, I, I found its origins. It's from a, a yeah. 2015 E! show called The Royals. Okay, so it is fake. Yeah. It's okay. so funny. Yeah, I no, thought I it was real when I, I I don't know I just saw it like 15 minutes ago, Mark. Uh, have you guys, um, Brandon? I don't think you have, but Mark, you've seen Beef, right? I've seen a few episodes of it. Yeah, Beef is, from what I understand, it's a huge show for Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the largest ever. Mm -hmm. Why is it did so you see big? It? Yeah, I watched a few episodes. I did. I, I rather, I would say, I kind of liked it. Um, Why is not, the beef? I'm not dying to binge through it, but I was intrigued. Mm -hmm. It has enough. It's got some good conflict going on. Well, that's that's a big part of it, yeah, with David Cho. Do you think Ali Wong is hot, by the way? <laughs> that's a really funny. Sometimes. Is that a good enough answer for yeah, you? No, I, I actually absolutely understand because I feel the same way. Sometimes um, she's pretty and sometimes I'm like. Yeah, but then I just saw a picture of her making out with Bill Hader. and I'm like, oh, she doesn't look too good there. So I don't know. Her character's also kind of nasty, so it makes her less hot when exactly, she's being bitchy. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why it's so popular. Maybe all the Asians are watching it. Is that why? Well, because they're a monolith and they only watch things with other Asians in. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> no, but but remember, I don't know if you know the movie Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. So that movie was huge, but it seemed like it was all Asians that watched it. So I'm like, what? My wife watched it. Did she like it? I think Did so. Did you like it? I didn't watch yeah, it. Yeah, I I kind of think. I don't think you had to be, 
Well, I did have I, that I, reputation no, I, as I, being I, a big thing in the Asian I, community, but I, nowhere else. I'm, I'm mainly joking because look at how big like Squid Game, which is Korean. Look how big that was, which everybody seemed to watch that. I love Squid Game. Well, beef is. Uh, it, it starts with a, I'm not going to give anything away, but I think everybody knows it starts with a road rage incident, yeah. which is really well done. I mean, I, I was feeling a lot of tension watching that scene. And I really, in watching the show, I thought it did sort of lend itself to kind of the feeling that we have now that there's a lot of anxiety in everything. And everybody's fault is somebody else's? Or every yeah, problem yeah, is somebody it, else's it, fault? It's not really our fault all the time. Sometimes it is. But just that there was just anxiety everywhere you turn in that show. And I thought, in a way, it was a nice escape. Hmm. Because you get invested in what's going on there. And maybe you think a little less about your own disaster of a life. But I, I thought it was a decent show. And I was interested, too. Because did, you fi- did you finish it? Or no, I know I Trudy finished it and loved it. I, I didn't finish it, but I, I like it. I think it's it's a good watch. I just don't know that I'm nuts about. I quit on series all the time. I yeah. think I will watch the rest of this one. Yeah, I'm I'm two episodes in and I haven't picked it up. And I, I think I said to you, it's either going to get really good or really really stupid. And I told Trudy, I said if these two end up banging, I don't want to watch it anymore because <laughs> it makes it would make no sense that they would end up nailing each well, other. Well, I'm kind of amazed in light of this road rage thing sort of kicking off the storyline that I'm still at all invested in yeah. because it's a little bit ludicrous, but not, I don't know, it's it's keeping me in there. And then I'd forgotten about the fact that David Cho was under so much fire. Sure. Who's a, he is a big character in the show. Yeah. And he wrote, actually it was a podcast in 2014 where he described uh, essentially forcing a masseuse to give him a, a blowjob and bragging about it. Mm-hmm. And that is really interesting in examining, because when it was just sort of left to my own devices and just hearing that story, I thought, oh, that guy's going to have a really tough time. But it's already done. It's already in the can. They're not going to pull it. Netflix doesn't pull anything, nor should they. Yeah, I, I mean, I, don't, I didn't really know what Netflix could or could not do. I just, you know, I thought, is this stuff staying power? Is this going to cost this guy jobs? I mean, what's going to happen? And the more I read about it, uh, it was 2014. He said he made it up, which to me is so dumb. It's kind of like, who's the comedian? He's an Asian guy, too, who said, I made up the story about having sex with an underage prostitute. Is that Bobby Lee? Yeah, Bobby Lee. Did the same, oh, I made it up, which that's a great way out of stuff. Or remember it? the guy from the league that made up that he was in the towers on 9-11? Remember that? That was a big deal. <laughs> a a weird thing to make up. up. 9-11 stories. Yeah. Who was well, George it? Santos got Steve elected. Steve Ranzini. That's a dumb thing to make up. Why would you make that up? I can't imagine making up that you force someone well, to give you a blowjob. And I mean, he. Well, gave I thought you meant nine eleven. <laughs> no, I was referring. I was going to say who who would who would challenge you on that? It's such a sad story. Thanks a lot, Bin Laden. Yeah, nine eleven it, it puts you in the victim category. <laughs> there are a lot I mean. of people who will claim to be a victim, victim and it's so bad a, that well, I don't way. want to be the guy to challenge that. What if that, what if I'm wrong? And that's hard. But it's funny how often people do get busted doing that. Because oh, somebody yeah. does do the work. Um, anyway, in this case, okay, so he apologizes profusely, profusely. Oh, I made it up, but I'm really sorry anyway. And it's like he's been doing the work. I worked on myself for three years, and I'm thinking, well, wait, why'd you work on yourself if you didn't do it? <laughs> to that point. I mean, does that make any sense? No, it makes no sense. But to that point, did you see they, um, the creators and Ali Wong and um, oh, who was the guy from Troy? What's his name? The local, Stephen Yoon. Came out and released a statement finally. They've broken their silence. 
<laughs> I mean, weeks after this blew up, they now, Bud Light style, have broken their silence. Okay. And it starts with the story David Cho fabricated nine years ago. So they're working on the presumption that, yeah, he made this all up. But then they go on to say that we've seen him put in the work and get mental health support you know, over the last decade the to better himself and learn from his mistakes. And that was the right, first thing I thought. You're just like, he made it up. if he fabricated it, so is doing the work because he lied? No, you know, like, I have been doing the work. Is he just like a compulsive liar? attorney who says that, you know, he wasn't there because he was over here. But even if he was there, he couldn't have done it because blah, 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 where yeah. you're saying he was standing, the shot couldn't have hit the guy. You know how they do that? They just give you multiple denials, yes. and you just yeah. have to latch on to one. Here's another line from the statement. We're aware David has apologized in the past for making up this horrific story. So I guess his, all, that? All his, that was the, the statement that the three put out. So I guess, once again. Oh, the was, three put out a statement? Statement, yeah. yeah. A unified statement? Yeah, uh-huh. Can you read the statement, please? The story David Cho fabricated nine years ago is undeniably hurtful and extremely disturbing. We do not condone this story in any way, and we understand why this has been so upsetting and triggering. We're aware David has apologized in the past for making up for making up this <laughs> horrific story. And we've seen him put in the work to get the mental health support he needed over the last de- decade. Wait, for telling bad stories uh, yeah, or for, for lying. or for forcing some okay. <laughs> for lying. Okay, then that's okay. He's doing the work for lying. He's just he just tells whoppers <laughs> after whoppers. But not anymore. He doesn't lie anymore. Okay. Um and then just to better him from better himself and learn from his mistakes is how it ends. Okay, so we have one guy who has one quote-unquote incident, whether you believe it or not, what there is is him forcing a masseuse to give him oral sex. He did the work on all accounts. He quote-unquote did the work, which, mm-hmm. by the way, how do you prove someone didn't do the work if they say they did the work? Mm-hmm. I mean, is there some way, is this just honor system when it comes yeah. to doing you know, the and work? I have been doing the work. He's got to walk around with a lie detector. <laughs> <laughs> so It's all so stupid. Anyway, he's done the work. He's incredibly remorseful, and there's no victim out there going, hey, what he did well, to me is terrible, that you have to disbelieve in order to believe it's a lie. She I'm, doesn't even exist. I'm waiting for that part, you know, for, for her to come oh, for forward her to, come to forward. just say that. No, this really, was, this really did happen. Well, that would put you on the map if you were that person, and you could semi That's what you want to be on the map for? Well, I'm just saying you could. I mean... Mark, I mean, is, it, is it really beyond credibility that someone wouldn't go, hey, that's a good victim position? Maybe, but I mean, that's why people never believe those masseuse or the Deshaun Watson accusers, right? Well, that's they exa- just want money and attention. That's exactly my point is here's a guy who says he made it up. There's no victim speaking about it. And he's done the work. He's so sorry. He's remorseful. He can't apologize enough. And then on the other hand, you have someone who has 30 people who are speaking out, who are loud, 24 of whom have been paid to shut up. I mean, they've been paid to shut up. Mm -hmm. He settled with them. And he's remorseless. He has no remorse. And nobody's giving him shit now, are they? Mm. No, he's done. I mean, he played last year. Everything's fine. But so I don't understand the part where he doesn't have to do the work. He said he was he didn't he do was anything wrong. Therapy. <laughs> if anybody okay. should do the well, work, it's those lying uh, people that rubbed him down. It's just fascinating how if you can throw a ball really far and really accurately and run really fast, that thirty people is less important than one person. If all you can do is act. Of course. Yeah. I mean, there's been winners and losers in society forever. Well, that that one, because uh, at first I, I was like, oh, man, I can't believe that guy did that. And then as, as it sort of unfolded and I had time to think about it, I thought, well, you know, if you're going to say, 
it's okay for this guy to sign the biggest contract in NFL history at quarterback. I think this guy can be allowed to move on. He is remorseful, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway. Everybody should be allowed to move on from mistakes. Depending on the mistake. Your penance. I mean, it's one mistake, and there's no victim speaking about it. And he says he made it up. But anyway, um, I did like the show, and I'm trying to think of... uh, it's got a lot of people in it, too, that I recognize. I didn't immediately know their names. The other thing I watched over the weekend, though, did you hear about there's a new documentary on Little Richard? I heard about it, yeah. yeah I watched uh, it. I thought it was really good. good. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed it. And I love Little Richard. And I, I've always felt that he gets a little short shrift in terms of, you know, it's just so long ago. Why do you that, think that is? Oh, just because it's been so long ago? Yeah, and, I mean, he's... <laughs> He's a bizarre character. I think that's why, because he's so out there. Yeah, I'm or gay, yeah. I'm straight, I'm in seminary school, I'm selling Bibles, I'm broke. Hey, I'm back rock and rolling again. I'm gay. Uh, I mean, in the end, he was, I don't really know what he was saying. He, was, he never really came out. He was a performer. He did say that he renounced his gayness at one point. But I don't know. I don't think he ever really said, hey, I want to welcome all gay people. I'm out of the closet now, and, you know, I wish I'd done it sooner or anything. He never really said that, that I remember. Did he? I don't, I, God, I don't know. I just assumed he was out of the closet. But uh, I had a lot of sympathy for him watching the documentary because, first of all, he was one of 12 kids. He was gay from the first minute of his life. Oh, wow. I mean, according to everyone that knew him. You know, as a younger person, was like, oh, my God, this guy was so flaming. He was just so exuberant, and he just didn't... He was himself. He's and gay? He, he was that guy. And his father strongly rejected him, kicked him out of the house, in fact, for basically for being gay. Mm. And Richard ends up getting this record deal and getting radio airplay, and then when Dad sees all that, it's like, oh, my God, I'm so proud of you, Richard, and he sort of <laughs> welcomed back. <laughs> and then Richard of course signs the deal, sells a few million records and his father dies. He moves his mother and all his sisters and brothers into this mansion in Los Angeles, which what a thing. You know, I was thinking about it because he was at that point you know, 23, 24 years old. I'm like, well, are his brothers and sisters it's not like they're 7 years old and 9 years old. I mean, they're all adults by then. Yeah, but they're losers. He's got the money. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, it seems that that way in some situations. One one family member hits the jackpot. It's like everybody hits the jackpot mm-hmm. and everybody goes. But I just thought... Everly Hillbillies, man. You just would think that a couple of those people would have had something going on. Like, well, I've actually already started my own career in music. Or I'm doing this. Nope, they all went out to L.A. and live in this giant mansion. And then the, the worst thing that could possibly happen happens. Richard is on a plane to Australia, and he thinks the... Engine is on fire, which what? I don't think it was, and he feels that uh, angels kept the plane flying. Okay. And he gets down on the ground in Australia, and he kisses the ground, and the next day, I think he was performing, and he saw a light flash by, which I think they said was Sputnik. Mm. He thought it was just a light, though. I don't think anyone told him, oh, that was Sputnik. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, Richard, that was Sputnik. <laughs> he what year was, was this? This, I think it was whatever your Sputnik was, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so this was wasn't his, his drug-taking years, was it? No. Um, that would have been the was, 70s. He was getting there, uh, and he did party his ass oh, off. Yeah. In fact, he said he would get off an orgy and start reading the Bible. He was so... <laughs> well, that cancels it out? <laughs> he was just so caught up in both worlds. Weird. And he had one guy in the band who said, yeah, I woke up on the floor 
every morning because there was a giant orgy going on in the you know the suite where the band was st- supposed to play. So okay. what, were those dudes? Yeah, it was all dudes. Oh, okay. It was well, an all dude orgy. Or the guy would have jumped in there. So yeah, he was gay. Of course he was gay. But after Sputnik and this angel flying the plane thing, he renounced flamboyant Richard, and they didn't believe him. They're like, well, if you're so renounced, throw all your rings into the water, because they were on a boat. Oh, and yeah. He took off all his expensive rings, and he had rings on every finger. Threw them all in the water, and went to seminary school. Wow. And I'm not gay no more. This is just so weird. He was like a regular student at this really good seminary school in, I guess it was in Georgia, because he's from Macon. So I think Otis Redding's from Macon, too, I believe. Anyway, um, so he gets out, and they're like, oh, Richard's for real. He's out there selling Bibles. And then suddenly, uh, I'm going to have to kick the family out of that big mansion in Los Angeles if you're going to be selling Bibles, Richard. So it's <laughs> like, oh, I, I guess I got to perform after all. So he performs kind of an in-between version. Oh, boring. No one went to see that. I, I kind of wondered about that. But it sounded like he always drew a crowd. And, and then the Beatles come along. And the Beatles obliterated everything. Everything in their path was obliterated, followed by the British invasion, the Rolling Stones, the Who, the Animals. Um, I mean, all these bands. Dave, Dave Clark Five. It was sort of like Seattle when everyone was signing the Seattle yeah. bands, yep. mm-hmm. except it was bigger, and it was just, it just took over. And anyone who was not playing guitar rock was pretty much uh, shit out of luck. But Richard did continue to perform, and I think there was love for him always when he performed. And I remember working at Continental Can Company when I got out of college. I was selling boxes mm-hmm. and doing radio on the side at WN- WNIC Collinsville, which was... NIC? WNIC. No, not NIC. I'm sorry. Wait. What are the callers? W... Wait, Collinsville? Can you look up Collinsville? Google Collinsville Radio? Mm-hmm. FIC, WFIC. WFIC. FIC. And this was the biggest piece of shit station. It had, <laughs> it had such a crap signal and such a crap FCC license that it was a sundowner, which meant yep. when the sun went down, you had to turn the transmitter down. I think you had to turn it off, in fact. Some, you have to lower your power at night. I think they had to turn the power off. So in the wintertime, um, this is so dumb, the guy did the afternoon show, they had to have someone come in at 5 o'clock who would then go till 5.15 and turn off the transmitter. I'm like, oh, wow. why, why doesn't Charlie just stay till 5.15? 15-minute shift. They want to pay overtime. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty cheap. A week. <laughs> why not just turn it down at 5 then? <laughs> but there were some women in the accounting department at Continental Can Company who loved music, and they knew I was doing radio on the side, so we used to talk about music a lot, and it was, um, Elsie was one of my, I can't, Elsie and Margaret. And they were these middle-aged Southern women in Martinsville. They had big accents, and mm. they were real cute and sweet and all that. But they, they told stories about a lot of that 50s rock when it came through. And I remember Elsie telling me, um, Little Richard came through. and There's no way my parents would let me go see Little Richard. But Margaret and I, we snuck in oh, there, yeah. and there was a whole wall of white people just watching the black people watching Little Richard. But, you know, she basically said that, you know... You, you you weren't supposed to like it. You know, it was race music. Yeah. Think about that, man. But all those white kids loved Little Richard. Not only is he from, he's from the South, but not only is he black, he's black, but he's also gay. <laughs> That's pretty wild. <laughs> I know it is. 
Well, Little Richard thought that he was so unthreatening yeah. because of his gayness that that allowed white people to like him. But hmm. I cannot believe, because I'd heard this, but I never really heard much about it, that Pat Boone was covering his songs and selling more records makes than sense. Richard was. Yeah. It sounds about right. Uh, That's what Pat Boone did best. That's just disturbing. Absolutely disturbing. I'm sure he did them just as good. You don't think so? <laughs> no, he didn't. They played him. They play- <laughs> I love this documentary. And my favorite part was Richard, by the time the 80s rolled around, I think he felt very forgotten. And Jerry Lee Lewis was kind of in the same category, although Jerry Lewis married his first cousin. He was 13, yeah, so it was kind of self-imposed. Hi, Richard. Elvis was dead, and so the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opens, and they're going to put Richard in the first year. And Richard, it's funny because I didn't think about this until I saw the documentary. I don't remember Richard at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Well, he didn't make it because he got in a car accident. Oh, really? Yeah, like two days before, and he was in the hospital. In the car accident, he had fallen asleep from exhaustion. Well, maybe it was exhaustion. Who knows? But the weird thing was, they were like, well, you had a bag with $30,000 in the car. What the hell's going on? <laughs> it turned out Richard had gone to London, and he had signed some record deal and asked to be paid in cash. Oh, wow. So he brought the cash back. I mean, just to tell you how down in his luck he was that he had, you know, had to go to London to get this record deal for 30 grand. And he's driving around with the cash, of course, in some sports car. So he missed the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But then the American Music Awards honored him with an icon or legend award or something in 97 or 98, somewhere around there. Well, there's something on here that the Little Richard Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 1989. Is that That's not? when he was inducted, when he oh, okay. wasn't there. Okay. But he did go he to is the. There. He is there? I mean, unless this isn't the Rock and Roll I'm Hall of Fame. I'm sure he's not there some other time when, when someone else has been inducted, maybe? Well, it's weird because he's like sitting at the uh, stage uh, where you would give the speech and he's singing with the band playing behind him. Could this be... Oh, you know what this is, Mark? I don't think this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think this is when... Maybe this is the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They showed something in the dock where Richard came out and they were honoring Otis Redding. Hmm. And Richard, being from Macon also, was supposed to honor him and he went to the podium... And instead of reading whatever it was for Otis, he starts Played? singing with the band. Oh, that's awesome. It, it was 86 <laughs> that he was inducted, so this might be a few years later. Yeah, and so uh, he basically sang out of the, you know, the mic that the MC was speaking out yeah, of. He that's sang this, the that's song. This, then. He's totally taking over this performance. I feel good. I knew I was going to do this. That's <laughs> 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 a Phil Spector. That holler, woo! How, how high is he high still? Probably, yeah. That is an Otis Redding song. Yeah. His big, his signature one-liner, his hook was "Shut up." Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Richard, uh, that's quite heavy. Shut up. <laughs> but nobody could say hook. it like Richard. It was a good hook. Shut up, baby, dear. <laughs> So anyway, he gets honored at the American Music Awards in 98 or 99. He's 70 or close to it. And he was bawling his eyes out hmm. when he got to the stage. And everybody was kind of taken aback. But he really f- somehow felt that, you know, this was him finally, finally being honored. And he considered himself the, uh, what do you say, rhythm and blues had a baby. And it was rock and roll. 
It was me! He is so high! I mean, he tried very hard to take full credit for inventing rock and roll, and he's certainly one of those guys. It was I, I really enjoyed it. I don't know. This guy is so much fun yeah. when he's saying anything and when he's singing anything. And what's that girl can't What is help that on? It? Little girl Richard, I am it. everything? Yes. Girl can't help it. This song has been sampled so many times in hip hop. Great song. There's a new big hit in, in hip hop music that samples this. Oh, really? By who? I can't think of her name. Can't help it. Can't help it. Fergie sampled this in 06. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I mean, they're all delighted when someone samples or covers them, so more money. It's all good for him. Yeah. I hope Fergie didn't have a hit, though, just because Richard can't get any Which song was it, Brandon? Do you know? Clumsy. I don't know that one. <laughs> Where's Fergie these days? Is Fergie still a thing? Or is that kind of over? Isn't it time for that band to reunite? Yeah, for without the n- nostalgia tour. No, with her. Well, they do play without her. But they're not the same without her, are they? No. Yeah, but who wants to, who wants to cut the check another way? Uh, wouldn't they do well if they were all together? Oh, thank God, they're finally reunited. Let's even though. Let's give it started <laughs> in here. I'm talking out of my ass. I, I have no idea. I'm not a real fan of the band. I just assumed it would be a big deal, but maybe not. I don't know if they have those kind of fans. Um, I think they just have fans that like those songs and aren't going to go see them live. Okay. You know what I mean? And they would have loved Let's Get Retarded had it gotten out. <laughs> they would have loved it. The NBA loved it. Remember the NBA used it as their song? <laughs> they didn't use it, did they? Well, they well, used the Let's other Get version. Started. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But not this great version. Let's get retarded in here. John Moran had 45 points, I saw. Yeah, they lost, though, right? So who cares about him beating up kids and threatening eighth graders and all that stuff? He scored 45 points, so it was pretty cool. But they lost. I mean, who do you root for in that series? Jesus. And the Lakers, wait, the Lakers beat them, right? Yeah, they're up 2-1, I think. Okay, and what's going on with the Sacramento series? Uh, That's being played right now. Draymond's back after suspension. He got suspended. Oh, right, for stomping that dude. (laughs) Yeah, and they won. They won without him because Steph went off. Oh, and they didn't start. When they started today, yeah, he didn't start the (gasps) game. So they'll probably win without him. I hope so. That Kings team is so damn good. That's so much fun. There's a lot of fun to watch. They they had not won in anything in a long, long time. No, they're they're like the Lions of the NBA. Who's good on the Kings? I'm not really. Well, Sabonis is kid, right? The uh, I can't think of it. Demonis Sabonis is on that team. But Harrison Barnes is the big story there. Won the ring with Golden State. Oh, right. It played in North Carolina. So he, he's right been really hot. Yeah, but there, there's like six guys that scored in double digits on that team. Malik Monk. I just don't. Yeah, Malik Monk. I just can't get sucked into the NBA until like the semifinals. Sometimes there's a great quarterfinal series. And I really, because the Pistons I, have been so bad, I've ignored sure. the entire regular season for years now. Totally get it. I was watching uh, Game I used four. to watch them all the time with the go-to-work Pistons, with mm-hmm. Rashid and Ben Wallace. That was a great team to watch. I was watching Cleveland and New York play today, and the Knicks and the uh, Cavs. Mm-hmm. Knicks won up 3-1, but was <laughs> two, two interesting things. Number one, no idea that former Michigan basketball player Karis LeVert is on the Cavs now. Like That was a total surprise. Wow, that's he's how, still 
putzing yeah, around. Huh? And he played really, really well. He was on the Knicks at one time, wasn't he? Uh, Brooklyn. He was at Brooklyn. Oh, Brooklyn. I, okay. I want to see um, Indianapolis might have drafted him. And then Harris Levert. I know. But it was like, wow, that's <laughs> really a talented blast guy. from the past. Yeah. Uh, but what's fun watching that is I think basketball is better when the Knicks are good because that crowd was just out of their minds. And I could not stop watching a guy who was sitting with Hank Azaria right right on the the baseline, the main really? line. Yeah, and this guy was, was Hank just... Hank Azaria a uh, sit-on-the-floor kind of guy in New York? Sitting on the floor, yeah. But I think Hank Azaria knew that he was being watched because he was kind of reserved. But this guy that he brought with a really loud orange, you know, New York Nick orange shirt uh-huh. was very, very... I showed you, I showed you Brandon. He's fist pumping, he's yelling at the refs and right in their ears. Because, you, know, you know, they play the music, the... Defense. He's like screaming in the ref's ear because he's sitting right in front of him. Defense. I would Defense. agree though. The Knicks Defense. being good is great for the NBA. Well, there were so they, they many famous period. people. They there. had a shot. Yeah, they had a shot when they were going to break where the camera just like panned the crowd really quick and it was like, "Hey, there's uh, John Stewart." And then Brandon goes, "Yeah, and that's Pete Davidson next to him." I didn't even recognize. Pete right? Davidson. Was Woody Allen pointed out with Sunyi? I did not see Woody Allen. Of course, Spike <laughs> Lee was there, but I, I don't know why. It's just that atmosphere. Just the crowd was so fucking into it. It made that game a lot more exciting. Time of this David Cho thing reminds me. How weird was that when that Woody Allen Sunni thing went down and a couple years go by and then every time they're on TV, Marv Alves like, oh, there's Woody Allen with Sunni sitting courtside. You know, just like it's the most normal thing. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a great young couple there. Well, Woody Allen with Sunyi. Meanwhile, Marv was up there dressing in panties and yeah. biting women. So <laughs> I forgot about that. Part. Yes, yes. But that story just got worse and worse and worse. The Woody more Allen? we knew about it, sure. But once again, winners and losers in society. People yeah. loved Woody Allen. They liked his movies. Yeah. So and yeah. his uh, Best his friend. wait, who's his ex? Uh, Mia Farrow. Mia, Mia Farrow. Farrow. Who just she, got had, shit. she had some terrible tweet, and yeah. so we don't forgive her for that, but we forgive Woody and Sunyi. And we forgive his best friend, Alec Baldwin, and drop charges. Well, let me I ask cannot you this. Could believe. You, could you watch a Woody Allen movie today? Or would it, would it bother you to watch it? No, it wouldn't bother me. I mean, I was cranking Gary Glitter last <laughs> Thursday. <laughs> could cranking you, Gary could Glitter. Could you watch an Alec Baldwin movie? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, movies are a little different because you, you see their face, right? Alec Baldwin, though, after they announced they're dropping the charges on Friday, I think it was. Mm-hmm. This victory lap? Hilaria puts out this social media post with them holding each other. No, 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 no. He's holding no, her no. like a baby. He is holding her like a baby. He's cradling her like a baby, as if she just went through something. Yeah. And then he disables the comments, so only nice comments are allowed. But. <laughs> okay, so someone took that picture of him. So, yeah. hey, I need someone to come in and take a picture. Okay, this is us acting really uh, uh, sad and melancholy for all I've been through with the shooting and the killing of Helena Hutchins. The best part about the photo is the picture of us in the background again. <laughs> the photo of them with a picture of them in the background. Oh, my God. He posted a photo of them out to dinner, um, which is just like, hey, look at what a great time we're having now. Yep. And then he, he returned to the set of Rust to continue filming, and they took a bunch of pictures of him holding guns backwards. And they're like, oh! He's holding it wrong. Oh, irresponsible. Charge him. <laughs> oh, all the gun people came out to say that? Everybody was. Everybody <laughs> I, hates him. I have him. a question. Nobody likes him. This never no, dawned on asshole. me until today, and declare me a genius if you like or ignore me if you like. Either way, I just thought this was interesting, and maybe you can explain it to me. Okay, he didn't pull the trigger, right? Allegedly. I, I never point the trigger. And, uh, That's and why they dropped the it. He did. There's video anyone. of him doing it. Okay. Well, the FBI so, said he did, too. So doesn't it seem 
This is almost like the the uh, COVID virus getting out of the Wuhan lab. You know, it just happens that it originated this this market that's five minutes five five feet away. Remember when John Stewart was making that point? Just how, gee, doesn't it seem ironic that it would originate at this this market just a few feet away from this Wuhan lab where they're making this virus? Well, what about this? Alec Baldwin is holding this gun. He's pointing it at Helena Hutchins. And of all times, for the gun to just go off, it's when he's pointing it at her. Isn't yeah. that, isn't that no, kind he, of a coincidence? He pulled the trigger. I know. What but, could I have done? But when you suggest I, that you didn't pull the trigger, you're suggesting that other thing. What of all times when I was pointing it at Helena Hutchins, yeah. it just went off. Of all the times, isn't that crazy? They must have figured they were just going to lose. You know, a he said, he said about whether or not follow the my wife on Instagram, please. Oh man, he's. I think he still has that. I'm surprised. He's a nut job. I'm surprised he still has as many fans as he does. Do the, do the people on the left still love him? Mm, no. I, don't, I think Maybe he's pretty universally hated. He handled the shooting so badly from the minute he went on TV. He, handles everything, after. he handles everything poorly. It's all about him. Yeah. It's always all about him. Anyway, uh, oh, the picture was just nauseating. I mean, you could, I almost could see him counting likes by the hour. He was so into taking this sad picture, which was really about being sad for him, wasn't it? How did they caption it, Brandon? Do you have it? Do you have it up there? He probably shot her on purpose. Uh, let's see. It, it's just a heart emoji. That's it. Okay. Yeah, and then a bunch of supportive comments because, like I said, he limited it. Like I can't go. Oh, no, supportive saying what? Who would go on there? Oh, I've got to write a supportive comment for Alec Baldwin. So happy for you and your family. Bob Guinea liked it. Bob Guinea? Yeah, That's Bob like Guinea. Bob really? And 73,000 really? other people. Bob Guinea? Yeah. From The Bachelor? Oh my gosh, so much Ferndale relief in your hearts. This is on oh, her Instagram too. Hilaria. I don't want to be disappointed in Bob Guinea, but I'm a little disappointed. Just a little. Uh, maybe he was hacked. <laughs> and someone went in there, hacked him, and they went in there and liked I him. love your That's love. That's what I would say. Let's just go with that. Uh, well, that reminded me, talking about this shooting, the... Story you sent, Brandon, in the prep about Mark David Chapman. Now there's this opinion that Mark David Chapman may not have shot John Lennon. Yep. But he did. We all saw it, didn't we? Or no, citizens saw it. There were witnesses. There's, there was no ever, There was never any doubt whatsoever, but they're trying to uh, imply that the CIA groomed him. I've never heard of someone being groomed to shoot someone, but hmm. they're implying that the CIA or the You mean besides Oswald, right? Well, I mean, encouraged or I suppose just fucking fucking around. But uh, the Southern Christian group, or or maybe it was the CIA, groomed him to kill. And anyway, in in the story, I know that's the case. They did a marvelous job, and then why aren't they grooming other people to kill people? Exactly. But uh, I noticed in there. um, Did you see his mugshot, Brandon? Uh, yeah. He should get copies of the negatives. He looks great. <laughs> he really looks great. For a guy who has been in prison his entire adult life, I thought he looked really good. Oh. Could you see, huh? He looks, <laughs> he looks a lot better than Hink Dog. Yeah, I could see him being in Hinkley's band if they were going to let him out, which is another thing. It's and then just... someone would come up to him and shoot him. He was in a band. <laughs> how weird is that? <laughs> well, how can Hinkley how poetic. was on... He was on Twitter the other day saying, does anyone know anyone brave enough to have my shows? Because I can sell all the tickets. I just can't get anyone to hold the concert. Oh, boo-hoo. Maybe it's because you shot a president. Yeah, and three other people. <laughs> right. You should not be a star. I, I cannot believe 
I just refuse to believe this is going on. That John Hinckley ever got out because in 1980, no one dreamed that he would ever get out for almost killing a president, shooting two cops and a third person, the press secretary, who did eventually die. So he did murder James Brady. Mm -hmm. He destroyed him before he was dead. He was absolutely, I mean, just the most miserable recovery and terrible pain and all that that family went through. And to think that he would be out on social media playing new songs and selling merch (laughs) (laughs) and begging for a venue is just so weird. He sells the same two pictures over and over. One's a cat, one's a weird person. And they're the same picture, but you could obviously see with the colors that he's redoing them. And he's selling them for 200 a pop, and they go quick. So he's making money. And plus, we know Joanne had money. His parents had money. They must have left him a nice nest egg. So let's get Chapman out. Isn't it about time he got out? I kind of feel like I would want to see the show if it was nearby. <laughs> oh, Mark David Chapman? No, I mean, if he gets was no, in Hinkley's band. Mark David band. Chapman. I'm sorry. I meant Hinkley. No, I know. Yeah, Mark what, David Chapman. Shouldn't he get out by now? Hasn't it been no. long enough? What? No, Why not? not? Why? Because he killed a stinky, he's killed a stinky musician. No, no. You cannot yes, shoot and that, kill John Lennon. No, well, you cannot kill Oh, because kill it's John Lennon. Mark, listen, I got a point what out. What if he shot, um, I don't know, uh, what if he shot... <laughs> he shot Reagan? What if he no. shot Andy Gibb? I don't think... <laughs> John Hinckley should not be out. And and honestly, I cannot believe that when he's out there going, hey, please buy my merchandise. I can't believe his doctors aren't going, okay, this is not what was supposed to happen. We've got to put him in some kind of a facility right now because now he thinks he's a star because he does. What if somebody shot He'll that? sell anything. What if someone shot that famous musician, John Hinckley Jr.? Should they not be out in 40 years? <laughs> Oh, but it's because it's John Lennon and he made songs people like. I do have to Murder point them. out that you were correct when you said stinky because somebody on the boner line, 20966 boner, sent this along. They were listening to the, I don't know if it was the Abbey Road tapes or whatever. It's just a bunch of banter. And this is when John is talking about oh, how much God, he stinks. Don't do this. You know you must have heard it. I got something in my head, you know, and all the walls of Rome That's couldn't stop me. <laughs> That's not John. It's a deep fake. <laughs> You're right, pickled onion. Poo, and I stink too. <clears throat> I'm waiting for somebody to say something about it. It's that anti-odorant you use. Who is that it, supposed to be? It is. Cynthia licked it clean before we left. Let me tell you. That doesn't sound it's like Paul. B-O. It's not the Beatles. Yes, it is. Oh, no, it is not. Beodorant you're using. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> nothing B-O-dorant. like Paul. Beodorant. But then they go into song. Fucking ridiculous. Great big all right, I'm going to ignore that and pretend it didn't happen. It I mean, happened. he does smell, but that's not the evidence. Uh, the Mark pic- David the pictures Chapman's, are. It's true. Mark David Chapman's hit list had Lennon on the top, followed by Walter Cronkite, Johnny Carson, uh, Mark David Chapman's. Did I yeah, say Hinkley? Yeah. No, you said Chapman, I think. Okay. Lennon, Walter Cronkite, Johnny Carson, George C. Scott, <laughs> the actor. What? That's quite random. Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis and Marlon Brando. Oh, I mean, weird list. Pretty sane. <laughs> um, and then there's a lot of talk about the nurses and the doctor insisting that John Lennon was shot in the chest, not in the back, which is like, hey, just shut up. This is long retired. Making John Lennon the subject of some dumb conspiracy. I never thought there'd be any discussion about that. I mean, he was there to get his autograph. He talked about killing him. He signed out of his, uh, whatever his job was. Isn't the last picture of John Lennon signing an autograph on his own album for John Hinckley? People saw him shoot. 
or John, Mark David Chapman. I'm sorry. Mm. Yeah, and there were witnesses who saw him go down to one knee and shoot. And then when the cops got there, he was reading. Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird? No, 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 no. Yeah, wasn't no, that no, the book? No, 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 no. It was the. It's the one with Holden. Yeah, Holden Caulfield. Uh, not to kill him. I'm sorry. Um, Jesus Christ. I, Catcher in the Rye. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Geez. Yeah, he was reading Catcher in the Rye. Yeah. That's what somebody does. I remember they didn't murder someone. I remember reading that in high school and loving it. My mom was very concerned. <laughs> like, why? Because I like the book. I thought it was a really good book. I don't think Holden Caulfield's a hero. I'm not going to go shoot stinky John Lennon. All right, I'm not bringing it. Speaking of conspiracy theories, speaking of conspiracy theories, Brandon, are you pumped that your buddy Ray Epps is on 60 Minutes tonight? Why, why is he my they, buddy? We talk about this after he's, he's on 60 Minutes? He's my buddy because he's the only person on camera saying, let's go in, and I think that he should have been in, in trouble for that. Oh, okay, he's my buddy now. This guy can't up. cannot even live anywhere. He no. has to be Fuck living. Fuck him in, though. He's the only person saying let's seclusion. go in there. So shouldn't he ha- bear some responsibility for that? No. Well, let's let's watch sixty Fuck minutes me. tonight. I want to watch sixty minutes tonight. I want to see first of all if they cover it well, and second of all what exactly he did or didn't do. But that seems to me that's something. Don't that believe we your should... eyes and ears when you see the video of him saying let's it. go in. No, don't yeah, believe that. No, no destroy no, the show. He's my buddy. <laughs> it ruined the show. <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of time on Ray Epps, but I was intrigued by it, and I assumed that we would know the answers to questions like that, but I, for some reason I'm not sure we do, but I want to watch. Don't bring up Ray Epps anymore, Mark. Fuck that guy. You mean federal agent Ray Epps? Yes. He is a federal agent, isn't sure. he? Sure. He's not? He says he's not, but who are you going to believe? Oh, he's not a federal agent? Well, that's what he says, but who are you going to believe? I don't care if he's a federal agent. Believe him, or you're going to believe the internet? He's on video saying, "Let's go in there," and I think that's pretty. I think if you're going to be punishing everybody who went in there, you should be punishing the people that that told him to. to. I would agree with that on a basic. Even Trump? Sure, I don't give a fuck. (laughs) Like I said, let's not bring up Ray Epps again. What about former Golden State Warrior Ray? Charlie Langton smoke weed. That's the best. Oh, because that was something I want. I would rather watch Charlie Langton smoking weed. By the way, I think. Almost everyone has seen it twice because everyone aired it over the weekend. Oh, my God, that was the best story, and people loved it universally. Jimmy Kimmel played the whole thing on his show. But I thought one of the best videos I've seen in a long time is, and this is coming on the heels of all the Southwest problems because, wait, was the pitcher's wife on a Southwest plane when she had to clean up her popcorn, her kids' popcorn? That was United. Oh, that was United. You're right. That was United. Southwest had another incident. I sent you the video, Brandon. You don't have to play it, though. Um, Someone spilled rice going up the aisle as they're boarding the plane, and it's a big pile of rice. And apparently the flight attendant just went nuts. Who spilled the rice? I have so many questions. Clean it up. Who brought rice onto a plane? (laughs) Well, it wasn't just regular rice either. Oh, it, was, so it was cooked or it, something. It looked really gross, Ugh. but no one would cop to it. And so I guess this plane took an extra hour to take off because <laughs> no one would admit that they oh, spilled the rice. Uh, couldn't someone just go, okay, fine, I, I'll clean it up. So well, we get going. The flight attendant eventually cleaned it up, and the people that were sitting near the spilled rice said that she was yapping the whole time about how <laughs> no one is raised properly anymore. Or something like that. I mean, what? Is everyone completely losing their shit right now? But that was not even close to the best airplane story this weekend. That was the lady on Southwest who got arrested for... Brandon, why are they arresting this woman? I have no idea. 
I have absolutely no idea why she's in trouble. All I know is no more planes for her, and she is loud. And she is. Okay, I'm going to declare her a few things. One of them is this is the bossiest person ever under arrest because she is trying to boss these cops around. She gives, I want to say, like 11 different reasons as to sort of delay the arresting process. You know, kids, when they don't want to go to bed, they're like, oh, I need some water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need mommy to kiss me. And, you know, all these little things they come up with. She is the queen of coming up with bullshit to try to avoid being arrested. And like a lot of chicks, she's very bad at being arrested. She's resisting, but not. she's just kind of not letting them handcuff her and just making it very difficult. And also... She is so exaggerating. She's like, you're breaking my neck. You're breaking my arm. (laughs) And she is the biggest pain in the ass. And I would say the most dramatic and the bossiest person ever arrested. Check this out. This is amazing. Tell me I have a right to remain silent. Tell me I have a right to remain silent. She's bossing around. No. You are going to tell me that I am under arrest. Stop it. For what? I didn't even do anything. No! You're not touching me. They have to you. Now they're touching her. How bad does the guy sitting in first class that want to close that curtain? <laughs> Looks a little like Denny McLean, doesn't he? <laughs> no, I'm not leaving. I am going. Yes, you are. You are leaving. I'm not going to win this fight, lady. I think she really believes she she's not leaving. It's not dramatic she gets. The guy in first class is putting his headphones on so he doesn't have to hear Being an asshole. She's wearing blue blockers. She's just getting started. Trying to get her hands behind her back. You've got, a, you've got a lawyer inside the airport that's, that's or something. That's a good one. I want a lawyer right now. breaking my arm. Yeah, a lawyer's going to yes, come on the plane and represent you right now. Yes, you are, you son of a gun. Stand up. Stop it. No, I'm not. Now they're hurting her, which being a woman is very powerful. Still trying to arrest her. Trying to get her out of the seat. She won't get out of the seat. She's holding on to the, the armrest. Oh, my God. Now they got her. Oh, please, nobody can twist that ham hock. Don't resist it. Just walk. My man's got his headphones on. How am I supposed to walk? Just see, put his headphones on. You're breaking my neck. You're breaking my neck. I wish they would. Let go of my heart. Yeah, they're grabbing her heart. Right now. <laughs> Again, there she is being bossy. Being right t- get the fuck right out. They were going to no, carry her out. Yeah, but she's, she's impossible. This aircraft has my personal oh, now I she's not leaving without her stuff. And I'm going home. I thought if they read your rights, you would I'm go. And you're going to tell me why I'm under arrest. <laughs> You're holding my back and my, you're breaking my arms. 
You're breaking my arms. No, I'm not resisting. Nothing. You're twisting my neck and my arms. They've got four cops. No. One for each of them. Yeah, rip her out of there. Oh, that's my man. Rip her out of there, dude. Oh, she's bigger. Oh, Dr. Darwin. You're not. No, they're not. Just, just tell her, yeah, yeah. Now she's worried about her stuff. I want to know why I'm being arrested. <laughs> okay, no, there's probably a lot of medication right in there. Okay, no, just focus on one thing, lady. Under. What do you want? Why am I under arrest? What did I do? There's a lot of bulge there. Yeah. Under what? <laughs> Go ahead and arrest me then. Oh, thank you. We weren't going to do that. <laughs> We've been trying to. You're going to tell me what I did because I have a right to face my accusers in the Oh, she knows the law. I love these experts on the law. Yeah. Right outside here, okay? Right outside where? We're going to walk off the airplane and we'll explain it to you. I want a lawyer right now. I want one right now. Oh, you're not going to go in there. I want to call my attorney. Oh, that poor attorney. You're not going to get one. They're trying to help her with her purse. She's quoting maritime law. What? We do. I want to know right now. You're going to tell me, quit touching my property. I love the way she keeps bossing them around. You're going to tell me. I want to call my attorney. I'm not going anywhere with you. <laughs> She's you walking down. Oh, yeah, you are. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, he's getting her personal property. That's so nice of him. <laughs> what did, now what what did she do? Do we I don't, know? Can we look this up? Can we find out? Because I'm I want to know what did she do? Yeah. I, what? I don't know. I mean there has to be something. I don't know. They just she did didn't something. like her. They didn't she didn't do anything. They couldn't even tell her. Where she kept listening? saying, I bought a ticket, so I wondered if they were suggesting that she had snuck on the plane. No. How do you she wouldn't get past the plane? gate. I don't know. Just saying, I, I absolutely have no idea. Brandon sent it to me. That's the only reason I know about it. I do have a great episode of Cops, by the way. Oh. Oh, man, do I have a great episode of Cops. After the, we finally aired the episode within the show. We've been playing drops from the show for mm -hmm. 20 years. Uh, you know, you ain't dead. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in the trailer. Oh, no, you're not staying in that trailer. Get out of my trailer. I want you ah, out. Ah, you ain't dead. All those drops. And so we finally found the episode, played the whole episode, and she is a force of nature, both in the episode and on YouTube. Her, ah, you ain't dead. He was doing really well. So anyway, somebody sent me a bunch of other cops episodes. It's supposed to be a cop's wildest moments or a cop wildest stories or something like that. And there were about six of them in there. And I picked one that I particularly like, I feel is very representative of the program as a whole. Oh, okay. And I think you guys will enjoy. I sent a brand earlier. Please enjoy him. First. Love cops. Uh, Mark, can you do this for me? We just have two commercials left. That's all we have. Uh, sure, I guess. But they're very, I, very important did ones. Did I read everything besides Yaldo? Though? You did Yaldo's at Legacy Ghostbusters and Lady Jane's. Okay. Well, that leaves the very, very important Luke Nowacki. Yeah, you got a plan for life, right? Thinking about retirement can be very, very hard. And uh, Luke can make it a little bit easier. He can maybe guide you in the right way. Do you want bonds? Do you want equities? How old are you? What should we do? How aggressive should you be? He is a good financial consultant, and he can give you a free consultation if you give him a call at 
663-4748. That's Luke Nowacki uh, with uh, Pinnacle Wealth, right? <laughs> Almost forgot that. It's not in the read. 248-663-4748. Securities Investment Advisory Services are offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member FINRA and SPICA. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entries and no marketing names, products, and references here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. And while you're online, the best way to surf safe is to use a VPN. And NordVPN is the one we prefer because they can protect you against bandwidth throttling, right? Some ISPs will slow you down towards the end of your contract to get you to upgrade your speeds. Well, Nord can help stop that. They can also switch your country's IP address so you can get access to... You know, different things online, different Netflix, different Disney Plus. They think you're traveling and they give you different uh, programs to choose from. And right now you can grab an exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash DAMS. Or you can just use the code DAMS to get a huge discount off the NordVPN plan. It's risk-free. They have a 30-day money-back guarantee. And right now every purchase of a two-year plan will receive four bonus months on top. So... Protect yourself while you surf so no one can, I guess, hack you or find out what you're doing and tracking you, all that fun stuff. So if you're gambling inside, say, a uh, NFL stadium and you're an NFL player, maybe if they used Nord, they wouldn't have been tracked. That's true. I wonder if that is true. I wonder if they had some kind of VPN on their phone. If the NFL would be, oh, wow, look at Jameis Williamson's in Cancun in the middle of the season or the middle of uh, OTAs, and here he is gambling up a storm. There were some other football players in trouble, too. Uh, did you see the Odell Beckham Jr. story? No. He's being accused of assault. And I don't... Really? <laughs> you know, you, you have these preliminary stories, and it's like, well, what's true and what isn't true? Because this one just sounds... It sounds a little weird, but because this woman is claiming that they're at a club, and Odell Beckham Jr. just came up to her and grabbed her by the throat with light pressure, and that was enough for her to claim assault. Meanwhile, they all hung out at the club for the rest of the night there. And both of them never had another incident. They never ran into each other at the club that night. But just days later, they met with the accuser, and she filed the report. So this is one of those things that sounds like she's putting it out there, but is that really going to go to trial? Are they really going to find that he did this unless it's on camera? Is he just a target because he's an idiot? Wouldn't you think the place would have security cameras? Of course they would. Absolutely, they would. Maybe that's why it's gotten to this point because they're doing the full-on investigation. I saw that Antonio Brown. That's what I was say. That's the other big wide receiver that's in trouble. He had a uh, he had a, a warrant out for his arrest in Florida for unpaid child support, and uh, I guess that's what it takes to you got to issue the warrant if you wanted to pay it because he immediately paid it so he wouldn't go to jail. Yeah, he put out a uh, receipt of his payment on his Instagram page of $33,000. Yeah, he had, to let, he had so, to let the Instagram people know that he paid it. What, so what does that mean? Ass. That doesn't I just mean, got a hot IQ. Does that invalidate the warrant? Uh, in, in Antonio Brown's world, yeah, it probably does. And it probably will. They'll probably drop it because remember when he had his standoff with the police and he became the first person in the history of policing <laughs> to win a standoff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Randy Weaver might be a close second because Randy Weaver won, I think, public opinion. He lost his wife. Yeah. And I think his son was shot, too. Yeah, Ruby Ridge. But I would say that in a way he won the standoff in terms of uh, of how the public viewed it, or certainly a huge hunk of the public. But in, in Antonio Brown's case, he completely it was a, a shutout versus law enforcement. They left. Yeah. 
Now, it, it's interesting, too, that this woman that he owed this money to, they only have one daughter together. So this isn't the bag of dicks, baby mama. Oh, oh really? I believe so, yeah. I think they just have one kid together. Doesn't baby dicks have a bunch of kids? Three. Three. Yeah. yeah, and she does not have an agreement with him. Yeah, so there you go. That, that would make a lot more sense that it was the first baby mama okay. that he owed $33,000 to. How do we get in the ear of... <laughs> this is really evil, but not really. How do we get in the ear of his baby mom and say, hey, you need to take him to court. He's irregular as hell. He blows you off. He cheats on you. He puts videos of you blowing him on Instagram, which I thought was illegal. He sends porno to your children. She's an adult. She can fucking do it herself. Well, but she apparently, for whatever reason, I don't know. I don't think she's super bright when it comes to these matters. Oh, but you know there's people around her that are telling her that stuff, and she chooses not to. So it's I almost, anything that happens to her is, is not, it's not her fault, but look, if you're not <sighs> going to ever punish this guy, then he's going to keep doing stuff to you. Well, then I think, I think some court of law should mandate it, because if you remember, I mean, they've had like 16,000 domestics, and a lot of them are because he kicks her out of the house, which you're not allowed to do, mm-hmm. because she lives there. And her three kids are there. And then one of them was because he made a stolen car call to 911 because she Took was his driving car. his car. Yeah. And he demanded that she not use it while he was gone for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And He's a control freak. The, I mean, it's my car. I pay for everything. So I pay for everything around here, right? <laughs> it was the OJ theory. And he ended up saying that um, the police actually negotiated on her behalf yeah. to allow her to drive the car. And Antonio, I think, had to leave her $500 because she said, I need $1,000. I have to feed these kids for two weeks. And Antonio didn't want to give her anything. And the cop actually talked him into giving her, I think it was 500 bucks. I know. He actually listened to reason. Well, 500 bucks for three kids with the money he makes? He's getting off so easy yeah, but with that woman. But I got to tell you, it's more than zero, which is what he really wanted to pay. Yeah. And this one... I bet she has to beg for every dollar she gets from him. Sure. If the child support was, thir- would you say $30,000? For this one, yeah, 33000 That had to be like four months. Because one kid's probably $7,500, a month. It's probably three months at least. And I bet he strings her out every time just to be a dick. Because he's that kind of guy. Mm. Just like he wouldn't get off the field at the, the stupid football game. I own this field. He doesn't own the field. The guy was just, actually, the guy was telling other people to get off the field, and Antonio was sort of in the group, but off to the side, and Antonio thought the guy was telling him, get off the field. And so he's like, make me. Uh-huh. So then he, of course, goes to the center of the field, and he starts inviting people down in the field, because no one ever can tell Antonio Brown what to do. Mm-hmm. be interesting to see if he ever got arrested, how that would work. Oh, if, if one of these warrants were actually, if they yeah, saw Yeah, resulted through. in his arrest. I wonder if yeah. he would go... Nicely, or if he would, no, he'll disappear. Probably sprint <laughs> with his shirt. He'll take his anyone. shirt off. I guarantee you, the shirt would come off. He's such a menace, isn't he? Yeah, he's just a menace. Yeah, he's an asshole. Oh boy, he's so a control um, freak. Which reminds me, did you did you see Forty Eight Hours? Yes, I did. Holy cow! Talk about a control freak, Dad. Yeah, it was a kidnapping story where oh, that was a terrible awful. story. This woman has five kids with this guy who's a loser. He can't work for anyone, <laughs> so he starts his own business. Every business goes sideways. Yeah. And Which bankrupt. is never his fault. That was my favorite part of it. It's never <laughs> his fault. No, nothing's ever his fault. And finally, she realizes, 
okay, not only is he a total loser and he's always broke, always in debt, his businesses fail time after time after time, he's a control freak, he tells me what I can wear, he tells me where I can go, where I can't go, uh, I can't be around men, I mean, just total control freak, nutcase. Mm -hmm. So she finally is able to divorce him, and he talks two of their five kids into... Wait, did they get him in the house? They got him in the house, yeah. In the middle well, of the night. This was, this was after terrorizing her, too, because they would write things on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Terrorizing her for a long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he gets in the house in the middle of the night, and she wakes up to feeling water because he pours water on her. What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, isn't it bad enough that you've uh, essentially... And she's sleeping with two of the two youngest kids at the time. Yeah. But she's rec he's recruited two other kids to suggest that, oh, mommy's really uh, a complete ass, and, you know, I, I need to be back with you guys. And the kids are like, oh, we want you back, Dad. So they let him in the house. And what does he do? Kidnaps her, rapes her repeatedly, keeps her for, what, 55 hours? Yeah. And then finally, she gets away when he went into the drugstore, right? Yep. Yep. And thankfully, a... It was a good uh, move. A guy that was heads up uh, saw it. You know, a guy in a smoke break from Walgreens was like, uh, this doesn't look right. And actually called 911. I'm on Smoko! Yeah. But the highlight to me of that episode <laughs> was the court case. Oh, when his seven attorneys quit? Yeah, so this happened. Would be the man on trial for attempting to kill her. His new lawyer Trevor is himself. Summers himself. Of course. The man you believe... And that's control, too. He gets to cross-examine her. You got it, yeah. Attempted to murder you. This should not be allowed. He's now going to do what? I'm really surprised it is. I am, too. And ask me questions. That was his way to manipulate. How do, you, do you think he's a good lawyer, though? No. What? You of course not. like his line of questions. No, he sucks. He should be disbarred immediately. <laughs> God damn it. Disbarred before he even tries to get a license. To speak with Trevor while court was in session. <laughs> Elisa's questioning by her ex-husband. I can't believe this happened. I cannot believe this happened. This is a nice rack. Four hours. It's cute. Much of it focused on the issue I of I didn't know a rack last did night. Did I threaten you or force you to have sex with Yeah, you did. At times, yeah, you Elisa refused to look at Trevor, focusing instead on the jury and That's objects tough, in the courtroom. That's one tough, tough chick, man. I was in my head, starting off. Him standing in front of me and questioning me about the things he did to me. How is this? How is this possible? Thank you. And then as it went on, my confidence built. You did tie me up. You did attack me and you did break into my home when I was sleeping. He's got you a great follow up. me. So you're calling it rape. It is. That is the definition yeah, you of idiot. rape. To come into someone's home and attack them and tie them up and then have sex with them. That is the definition of rape. That was the you probably the most fuck powerful. fuck an asshole. And then he questioned his kids when they were on the stand, too. Some of his <sighs> own children, not shown on camera, about the events that night. Bryn... 13 years old oh, poor at kids. the time of yeah, trial. Really, what I mean, a prick. He's just such an asshole. I was shocked at that. life. Life plus like 280 yeah. years. I was shocked at that I know. sentence. You can murder someone and not get life. Yeah. I mean, you really normally do not get life for murdering someone. You know what that tells me? Get a good lawyer. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> asshole. Rapist. Control freak. God, there are a lot of creepy dudes yeah. who are like that. I don't understand. It seems yep. like... It doesn't go their way. All they do... Yeah. Are there more controlling yes. people than there used to? Yeah, I feel I like so. it. God, I hate those stories. It feels like there's nothing 
these people can do. It just takes, you have to move the earth mm-hmm. to get that person out of the way. It's such a pain in the ass. The law is not on your side. So um, we were talking about Radio Buzzboard earlier, and somebody tweeted out some of the highlights or lowlights, I should say, of people complaining about the show. And I, I don't know why I had this feeling that because we were doing a podcast after 105.1 blew up, I thought, well, I don't know, it seems like it's sort of an empathetic position. You know, you're trying to do it on your own. We're doing it in the basement. I mean, it was pretty flying by the seat of your pants. It was fun. I mean, when it was first, when we were first starting this thing, it was like the wild, wild west. We had mm-hmm. no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that... I thought it was kind of a favorable position to be in. I mean, not the victim position, not that good, but but it was it was not a bad place to be. I, I just did not see all the haranguing that I would get for being old. I mean, I guess everyone gets shit for being old because yeah. you can't. There's no defense for it. It's like I am not 63. I'm 56. <laughs> I'm 39. Everyone I mean, gets old. So there's literally nothing you can say against it, and and people just it's so easy to throw at someone. It's like. I'm a man. I'm 40. I mean, you're bald. Well, if you are, what can you say? There's no, there's no comeback. Well, there's one thing you can say. It's true. I forgot about that. You're bald. I can't believe I'm bald. That's the only thing you can say. What was, what was that? You're bald. You're bald. You're bald. You're bald. Oh. Uh, anyway, the 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 beatdown for being old is just brutal, man. But uh, it was a it was a it was a beatdown of everyone. It was like some people didn't even beat me down. They just beat the staff down. It was oh, your guys' cool. fault. I know. You, believe you, me, you, I know. You. It's always um, my fault. But uh, but. I certainly got a lot of the blame, too, for having the shitty staff and for all the dumb things that I do. So, anyway, it seems to be such a... It seems like there's such a desire to knock boomers down, particularly mm. boomers, because ever since... Uh, okay, boomer. Seems like that one, okay, stupid, boomer. that one stupid line has caused this whole pile of abuse. I was, I was relatively pleased, if nothing else, to see the Gen Z survey that came out. Can you bring that up, Brandon? Sure. Um, Gen Z, it sounds like, is the worst group to work with in the workplace. Oh, really? I mean, everybody gets shit because <laughs> people hate boomers, people hate millennials. Oh, my God. Gen X doesn't care. But Gen Z is definitely being, uh, at least when people do surveys, it seems that a lot of people have a lot of problems working with Gen Z. I was just listening to, I don't even, I don't know what podcast it was, some economic podcast, and they had a Gen Z work coach on there, yeah, who's also Gen <laughs> Z, which immediately piqued my interest. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear the wisdom this, this lady has. And it, once again, is all about how they need to be appreciated in this yes. this workplace because that's what matters to them. They don't want to be at the age of 40 going, I don't like my career and not being able to no change. No one appreciates me. Yeah, and not being able to change my career. So they need to change careers a lot, you know, right out of college for the first five years to find a place where they're actually appreciated and they love being. And I'm like, I, I don't know. To, to me, that is such a different mentality because being appreciated and getting – something out of the work you do is kind of what you put into it, too. Well, it's really on you. That's what I mean, yeah. yeah. It's not on everybody else to make you feel appreciated and loved in this wonderful environment. It's how you approach it. But You're it, making your I problem you, our problem. So it's much, your problem. So much of today is what other people are doing to you, mm-hmm. not how you react to other people. Well, I, I feel like ever since we heard the Gen Z expert, what's that putz's name and all his oh, stupid yeah, Jonas Stillman? Yeah. yeah. Get ready for Gen Z because they're coming and they're going to turn this workplace around. I mean, he really was acting like 
we needed to make preparations for Gen Z entering the workplace. Like, oh, we got you know, better be ready to do this for them and that for them. And it's like, no, you're at the bottom of the totem pole. When you go into the workplace, you are a zero. Please yeah. welcome Jonah Stillman. The other thing this Gen Z work coach was saying, um, like when you go on an interview and at the end, the biggest mistake Gen Z makes is, is um, they don't answer the question, well, do you have any questions for us question, right? Like when an, when an interviewer goes, well, do you have any questions for us? That's the biggest mistake Gen Z people make was not asking them questions. And so she gave some examples of what they're supposed to ask. Oh, no. And one is about um, the work-life balance. And oh. it's just like, lady, come on. that Really? That's what you're going to ask? Now, she did have one On good average, how long is Gen Z's attention span? This is a very short eight seconds. She did have one good question. It's like, well, what's a typical day like here? To which I say, isn't that something you should know before you acquire or try to get a job? Is what a normal day is like? That's just a dumb question. How can you even answer that question? I don't know. Well, um, we roll in whenever we feel like it between like 10 and noon and uh, we go home when we feel like it. Is that the answer they're looking for? I've heard so much whining about Gen Z that I actually find myself defending Gen Z a lot because I do like a lot of unique things that Gen Z does, like a lot of these kids that don't go to college and they start a platform or they, uh, you know, all these kids making money on YouTube and TikTok. I mean, that's pretty cool. That takes a lot of balls. And, you know, when I was 20 or 18 or however old they are, you had really one path, which was to go to college and get a degree and sort of be ahead for interviewing in the workplace. I mean, people just didn't, it was really one path or the other path, which was the path to nowheresville. And a lot of people would prove that that wasn't true or they go into the military, but I mean, there just weren't that many options. And it seems to me that a lot of people who are of that age, which is Gen Z right now. Isn't isn't there, wasn't there always an option to just work? Yeah, there was the option to work, but that's kind of the, that was considered the bad option. To work, you know, even borrowing money and going to debt to go to college was a better idea well, than just I think going for to a work. While, but some people did. Where you grew up, I mean, if you grew up around here in the '60s or '70s, you're working in the automotive. You walk right in after high school, you're good to go. Yeah, there were those jobs at that time. I mean, they were already starting to lucky, dissipate. Lucky boomer. When I would have been going into the workplace, but yeah, for a long time that was Grandpa worked at GM, and you know, my dad worked at GM, and I worked at GM, and that's how it worked. And that was great. But it seems to me there's just a lot of people who are in that place in their life where you can make the decision that most people are making, which is to go to college. And a lot of them, you know, or uh, or delay going to college or, you know, just take a job and while you're trying to figure out what you're doing. But a lot of people have stuff to do, even though <laughs> it's like only fans or it's. Or it's, you know, being a well, Snapchat yeah. star or a YouTube star or whatever. But I, I still admire the fact that some people it's are trying. New, it's they're a new industry, big. right? Yeah. yeah I, mean, I have there, no problem with that. There are a lot of unique things to do, and a lot of these kids are fearless in seeking that out. And that's that's cool. I, I appreciate that, because I didn't have those kind of balls. And if I had, I would have gone it, right into radio out of high school. Isn't it kind of like, well, I'm moving, to, I'm moving to L.A. I'm moving to L.A. to become an actor. Right, isn't that? Yeah, that so, would be that would be in the same school. category. Because I know somebody that did that out of high school. Like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm moving to L.A. to be an actor, and they've been in some small roles and stuff. But 
Nothing yeah. huge. Just so. struggling actor with a thick, but, meaty you know, cock. He had kind of the balls to do that. So, but I think there are a lot him. more, a lot more people that age do have the balls. But of course, they have it's all a lot easier, of their though. friends who are doing the same thing, well, and, or and, the people two years older than them, four years older, who did it, and they have these examples of and you can do influencers. It at, you can do it in mom and dad's house too. So. Moving out to L.A. is a little different. <laughs> Mom and Dad seem to help kids out a lot more oh than the God. way I remember I, it. Okay, when, when you get done with the study, you got to read this article about this uh, YouTube mom. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, anyway, like I said, I, I feel like I end up defending Gen Z because the beatdowns are so bad. And I hear eh, them fine. myself, too, from there are a couple of people I know who do a lot of interviewing. And every time this topic comes up, it's always about how... Oh my God! They're always bringing up stuff like work-life balance, and and honestly, the, the impression I got was that was sort of a a trigger for oh I don't know if I want to hire this guy. <laughs> He's already worried about work-life balance and work-life balance. What is your what does the person hiring you have to do with that? Well, do I have to be in the office forty hours a week? Well, do I have to work overtime? Well, right that's now, the job. The job is yeah, the job. But, but what if I what if I need some personal time off for mental health? But right now, for competitiveness, there's companies that sure. offer certain amount of time working from home, and so yeah, you're. Quite and, and that's going to continue. As that's long not as... even work life balance, though. That's where you work. That's competitive. Home or you work. That's. Um, but, but that is that is work life balance because you're not wasting time commuting. commuting? But right now, yeah. with yeah. the unemployment level low. You're going to see a lot more of that for competitive sake. Well, and I appreciate the balls it takes for a lot of people to say, hey, I want to work at home. I don't want to come back in. And a lot of these kids do not have any problem saying that. And I would have well, never had the balls to say that when I was 22 years old say, you know what? I'd rather work at home. So uh, why don't we work that out? But kids are not afraid to ask for shit. And for all the, the crappy lot, things you're about to hear about. A lot easier them, when do, it's a competitive job market, though. Yeah, no, that's true. Very much so. It works in their favor, but I, I do hear Which this. Which is why they can change a, jobs so much, too. There are a lot of strange things that come up in interviews with people that a lot of people aren't used to hearing. So anyway, the the, the word entitled was the, <laughs> was the word that led to... Can I see the headline, Brandon? Entitled Gen Z is the most difficult generation in the workplace. Poll. Reasons managers find Gen Z difficult to work with. And the number one reason, now, I did not understand this. I didn't get it either. Lack of technological skills at 39%? That's crazy to me. Gen Z is the, that's the generation that when they were first installed into schools, they had tablets and computers. Well, I will say this, um, because I didn't understand this answer at all. I thought they have to be the best technologically of any generation. Wouldn't you think that would be... Understood. Have you ever seen a three-year-old on a tablet? So. Yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> You'd think that those uh, skills would translate to different operating systems and uh, programs well, you, that you have to use. Although maybe, okay, I'm just, just trying to think, think here. Maybe they are just so stuck in their ways they don't want to learn a new program. That's true, um, too. Well, here's or, what... Or worse yet, maybe like, why are you using Slack when you could use <laughs> Messenger or something stupid like I, that? I was reading a discussion about this topic. It was a... Uh, it was a link that was within one of the stories about it, and it was talking about how the reason, because nobody could figure out why is that number so high, why would that be the number one reason, the thing they should be best at, and what some people were, some people were saying was that a lot of people that age think they are IT pros. Uh, they're experts yeah. so they're on all things IT. Yeah. So they go in and they say, oh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm absolutely uh, up to speed in everything. I mean, I am a computer wizard. 
and then it turns out they're not. Or yeah. there's something that they're unqualified for or, that they suggested they are qualified for. they do something for. one way, and you go, but that's not how we do it here. We do it differently. Exactly. That, and, you know, I, I got a degree in IT, and yet, like, five years afterwards, it was pretty much obsolete because so many things changed. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, hey, I know Visual Basic. Oh, we don't use Visual Basic anymore. <laughs> Nobody does. And- well, it sounded like it was their attitude about technology, not go. their ability, because yeah. they— seem to feel that no one should question their skills. And also, within the conversation came a larger conversation, which was that a lot of Gen Z kids, and I'm just telling you what it said, think that they're smarter than anyone older than them because they know more about tech. So they sort of think that that translates to, well, these old people are dumb. Anyone older than me doesn't know shit. I grew up with computers. I know all my shit, so therefore, you know, I I, am the be-all. Not going to last much longer. No. (laughs) I mean, but, a lot of people have been around computers for a long time now. So I, I know that. I'm not stupid. I'm smarter than you. I kind of want to dismiss that one. There's so many other complaints about Gen Z. Right. We'll just kind of put that to the side. The second number one would be lack of effort. That'd be number two. Which comes in at 37% um, are cited for lack of effort. And that would kind of combine with reason. the next reason, which is lack of motivation. Which is also at thirty-seven percent, but those are two things that I would not want to be known for: lack of effort or lack of motivation. Because well, they're more busy working on their work-life balance, and more concerned <laughs> about what's going on in their yeah, life. Yeah, plan trips and stuff. Out their work. Yeah, I think I, that's true. Um, I did see there was a quote from one guy who said, suggesting that lack of motivation. That I can kind of tell the first couple days the person is at work that I'm going to have to let them go. <laughs> yeah, because. They either, you know, they come in three hours late because, oh, I had to do this, 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 this. And then, you know, they're cutting out because, you know, it's yeah. their first day and they're busy. They seem to put other things ahead of work a lot. It, it works. It works the other way, too, though, because uh, so on Charlie's show on NBN, he's looking to get somebody else in to help with certain things because, you know, we lost Zach and lost Joe. It's and, my first day. Oh, and, Zach's gone, too? Yeah. So... Ooh. By the way, I got some raves so, from somebody about Charlie's show on Friday, and I, I oh, can't remember really? what it was about specifically, but they were they really enjoyed the show. I hope they like the production aspect of it, too. They didn't mention that. They did fact, or they did said, not? They said, uh, don't don't cite the production by any means. That's not what I'm talking <laughs> what? about. Oh, damn it. Um, Sorry. But but this he, this kid came in. He's 20 years old, and honestly, within about 10 minutes, it's like, oh, this, this guy's good because he asked questions about the tech, and then the motivation part's what made me think about it. We're, there's an issue we were having, and he goes, oh, let me check it out. <laughs> like a half hour later, he had it fixed. It's like, oh, well, there's some motivation. This guy's basically a job interview. You know, Charlie likes to throw people into the fire. I got to tell you, one thing I cannot stand, because it's something I don't participate in, is when people are arguing about tech, like mm-hmm. who knows the best way to do it or who knows and who doesn't know, because I start thinking that everyone's full of shit. Um, and I can't, I can't really participate in the argument because I, it's over my head or it's something that I'm not really involved in, but it, it's just, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a, um, a barrage of people that age who do consider themselves expert and not to be questioned in that area. Not yeah. that I'm the one questioning them, but I just, we've kind of bummed to that from here and there. But anyway, moving on from lack of effort and lack of motivation, uh, lack of productivity, which would stem from lack of effort and lack mm-hmm. of motivation. Um, lack of productivity at the same level. They're all like around 35 to 40%. And then um, lack of productivity, I don't know how to 
quantify that. I don't know if there are any quotes in the story specifically, but then easily distracted pops in, which is also... Hence hence the lack of productivity. Yeah, easily distracted. Does that mean by... Would that be the phone, maybe? Sure. And especially if you're working at home, you can be really easily distracted. um, Poor communication skills is a little bit I'm surprised that's not number one. That's at 35%, but I would say I hear more and read more about that one area than, than the others because there seems to be a lot of debate about communication, particularly people getting In text person. messages and feel that they're being scolded when they say, no, 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 that was just, we're asking you about this <laughs> or we're asking you about that or we're telling you we need to do this. Did you see the story about these um, employers that with Gen Z, they don't email them because they don't look at email, so they have to <laughs> send what? them direct messages through Instagram? <laughs> I gotta see if I can find Wait, that story. No! It's hilarious. What? And all I can think of is this poor HR lady trying to figure out how Wait. to message people on Instagram. Okay, remember, I'm old. I'm a boomer. Why would you not email? Why would someone not understand that email is something you have to check? Is that they changed? Don't want, they don't want to use email. So is that normal for that age group? Are people actually working around that now? I don't know. I figured everybody has to have email for I stuff. I thought so for too. Doc, for documents mostly. Well, I was signing up for anything. Yeah. It almost always goes on. Go so Gen, there's Gen Z people who just go, I don't even look at my email. According to this one story, I, you know, it's <laughs> very really, anecdotal. Seems very odd. Yeah. Um, then along with poor communication skills comes in easily offended. <laughs> and that's another one that gets a lot of talk um, is that uh, Gen Z people seem to think that, um, I don't want to say they think they're above criticism, but they they seem to get upset by it. They don't see it as a learning thing, but more rather um, something offensive. Uh, then lack of drive. Um, that would go along with productivity yeah, and motivation. Of them are redundant. And then uh, dishonest, 23%. Mm. Dishonest? I wonder how they mean that. And then entitlement is the uh, ninth thing on the list, but it's still at 20 22%. Now, I would have thought the entitlement thing would have been higher, actually. So this is back from January. Bosses forced to contact staff on Instagram as Gen Z ditch email. Executives <laughs> turn to the social media <laughs> over fears that younger staff no longer check their emails. According <laughs> to one of the world's biggest IT companies, uh, YPRO. Really? Yeah, and it, this is from the Telegraph in the UK, so I don't know if this is a European thing, but they employ 4,500 people in the UK, 260,000 globally. And about 10% of the staff don't even check one email a month. So as more people work from home <laughs> and see empowerment in the workplace, employers have had to adapt to destabilizing differences between how corporations and their staff communicate because they just don't use email. So they'd rather have to. I speak to my employees. I go to Instagram or LinkedIn. It works better. They don't even check their emails sometimes. This is the head of the company. Wait, we, but if we have you're about working- 20,000 who we know don't even check their email once per month. They're 25. They don't care. They don't go on their emails. <laughs> they go on Snapchat. They go on all these things. This is a 55-year-old executive. He said it's time for a wake-up call for employers struggling to recruit as he addressed the phenomenon of quiet quitting. Remember that whole thing? Yeah, talking right. About, which is kind of ridiculous and overblown. Um, so, yeah. I, <laughs> okay, wait a second. If you are the boss and you tell someone, yeah, I will be emailing you stuff from time to time, check your email. That's not enough for somebody to say, oh, I have to check my email. No. They just think, no, I don't use email, so I'm not going to check my email. Well, what, what's, what was Is that, that real? What, for, isn't there a company that would, I, and I think it's kind of antiquated now, but they're like, the way to get the uh, way to make our company more lean is to cut the bottom 10%. So I was thinking of that. It's like, why don't you just cut this 10% that doesn't look at email? <laughs> 
Just blow them out. No, I just can't imagine that working, though. Going, hey, didn't you get the fucking email? We had this uh, meeting, this important meeting. You weren't, I don't check email. Yeah. Nah. Wait, that would work? Someone nah. actually go, oh, God, I'll have to send you stuff on Instagram. Why would you want your email on Instagram anyway? Doesn't that seem odd? Well, but that's that's the app that they're on a lot, which is why a lot of companies do use things like Slack, right? Because it's... You... But you're mixing... Well, I, I, I mean, if... If the workplace is okay with it, so in other words, the employee thinks that what they decide is the way to communicate is the way to communicate. Doesn't matter how the company does it. Yeah, no, because it's how the employees do it now. Okay. Uh, so the chief executive uh, of the chief executive of Vimeo, right, uh, was on yeah. a panel at Davos, and he likened emails to instruction manuals that were outdated in today's world. Um, what? Yeah, let's see. Really? She said that I think we're in a unique world right now. Or how next person. Saying this, I you know what I don't know. Um, and Jolly sued. She's just addressing the work world. Yeah, yeah. I think we're in a unique world right now where the next generation expects and needs to be engaged in their personal lives, and that has not translated to work. The idea is that we're going to train and inform and enable our workforces with documentation and manuals seems quite outdated. <laughs> okay. So I guess no paperwork. They're just going to send videos out and podcasts out to their people. Um, I don't know if the people who are feel that. That uh, sort of in paperwork and signing off on things. I mean, doesn't that matter? She said Vimeo has. Did you see the video? Yeah, I saw the video. I mean, is that that's not good enough, is it? I wouldn't think so. She said Vimeo, which is a video business, by the way, so it makes sense for them to push it. Uh, Vimeo has changed its business model in terms of how it communicates with its staff, adding that messaging from management had to become more about quote emotion and nuance instead of an email which by the way young people don't read anymore so instead of just being factual it has to have nuance I, and do, emotion to it do you really want emotion and nuance no. in an email no, I, I don't want, i want what okay what do you need Brandon? from me and no i don't yeah that's all i want what do you need from me i, I hate small talk to in emails and text. no it's it's like, just sounds tell me, crazy. tell me the facts and tell me what you need yeah yeah okay i don't know well, the uh, some of the, the copy from the story, some American business owners and managers hold a dismal view of Gen Z workers. Shocking new research revealed. Resume builders surveyed uh, different industries, as some of their experiences working with those born in 1997 or later. Almost half declared it difficult to work with Gen Z all or most of the time, while a staggering 79% said they find them the most difficult generation to have in the workplace. Just because they're the youngest, right? Isn't that really what it is? Um, I don't know. They're I, not adaptable. Honestly, it they're terribly adaptable. I thought the boomers would get wrecked in this survey. I just figured people would say the boomers because they won't retire and leave us their jobs. Yeah, that's true. And they're set in their ways and they're just old and dumb. But um, I'm surprised. I thought the this must be the millennials and Gen X really piling on Gen Z. No, we, we don't care. <laughs> oh, that's right. I forgot. Of that majority, 59% said they've had to fire a Gen Z employee. 20% even claimed to have axed one of the young workers within a week of their start date. 20%. Within a week. 20% have had to ax someone within a week. Wow. Um, that was kind of the vibe I was getting from the, the people that interviewed people, too, yeah. was that well, it seems telling. like blowing people out is no big deal with people that age. Yeah. Like, hey, you know, I'm going to have to let you go. Okay, I didn't really like it anyway. Yep. And yep. they just sort of, it never shows up on their resume and doesn't count they don't appreciate them so Man managers and owners commonly said entitlement lack of effort motivation productivity when they give them the boot some said the so-called snowflake generation were too easily offended so that is another reason to get rid of them one hunch i went on record revealing why you believe gen z was maligned within the workplace 
In our organization, the Gen Zs I have interacted with can be exhausted because they lack discipline. They like to challenge you. You lack discipline. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've butted head. Lack discipline. I've butted head more, more than once with a Gen Z employee because since our company is yeah. online based, they think they know everything about the digital world and they can teach me. They think they're better than you, smarter than you, more capable than you, and they will tell you to your face. Oh, God. <laughs> Wait. What about the thing where you have to show respect to somebody because they're your manager or something like that? I mean, about, that would uh, seem about, like it would it would make that conversation a little delicate to just tell someone that what you're manners. doing sucks. Well, basic manners yeah. and tact. No, exactly. Well, that would be the first thing. But the second thing would be, you know, if you're talking about the owner of a company or something, you're not going to tell him he sucks yeah. for any reason. I mean, if you're... If you have the balls to tell him there's a better way and he's smart, chances are he might recognize that. But if you just tell him, hey, dumb fuck, why are you doing this? You um, are not the boss of me. Resume will learn chief advice uh, advisor Stacey Allen believes this may be why many members of Gen Z are struggling in the workplace. As a result of COVID-19 and remote education, it's possible Gen Zers lack the foundation to be more successful than older generations in entry-level positions. Excuses. Wayne, now that with remote work and education, communication skills do not develop as well, and people tend to work more independently. Hiring managers needs to be... Hiring managers need to be cognizant of this when interviewing Gen Zers for position. This generation may need more training when it comes to professional okay, well, skills. Then, don't, then you're not going to hire them because that's what? not good for the bottom line. Okay. What, when we're talking about professional skills, what are we talking about? Training for what? How to understand basic shit? I suppose, yeah, or how they do things there. I mean, every job has training. Director uh, Hair bros. What? What are we talking about? The director of what? Hair bro. Hair bro? Said, well, Gen Z you know what workers, he's never said? I can't believe I'm bald. <laughs> While Gen Z workers are often proficient in using digital communication tools, they may lack some of the interpersonal skills required yeah, for face-to-face -face interactions. There you go. Or it's not all gloom and doom with the boss saying that he finds that young youngsters also bring positive attributes. Compared to other generations, I find Gen Z to be highly innovative and adaptable. They're not afraid to challenge the status quo and bring new ideas to the table. That's that's fine. There's a way to do that, though. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. I, I think there is a freedom, and some of that might stem from the fact that... Um, you got nothing to lose. Well, the way... I, it was that's an age thing. It was being explained in this uh, piece I clicked on was that a lot of people who are that age have grown up with more autonomy with their parents, more decision-making with their parents, like parents will include them on decisions or sure. uh, treat them more like an adult, even when they're not really an adult. Mm -hmm. And so therefore they're, they're very comfortable sort of telling an adult what to do or what they want to do. Yeah. No, sometimes <laughs> tough love is good. Like this lady. You better call you young and tell them come and get you too. You're not staying here tonight. That's a tough <laughs> uh, the Resume Builder series research comes during a dark time for Gen Z who are just settling out in their careers. A separate study surprisingly found that the young workers were already feeling burned out and disconnected. Oh, please. How can you feel burned out when you're 24? Maybe you're maybe you need better balance for the work part of your work life balance. Maybe you're doing too much life. Brandon's not a Gen Zer. I thought he was not liking this conversation for some reason. Brian, you're not a defensive of Gen Z, are you? No, no, but I am defensive of the fact that I think that every 10 years, and I mean, now it's amplified, but if, if you go back to like the 1920s, you hear all these, 
and, and see all these different articles about how the, the new generation sucks at work. I mean, they said the same thing about boomers, said the same thing about Gen X. I, you know, I got to tell you, I do not remember all this generational warfare. I mean, you have things like the Vietnam War, which divide people. When I was a kid, I mean, it was you were either against the war or you were just sort of you didn't say anything. You were just supported the administration, um, you know, long hair, uh, smoking pot, stuff like that. But I, I never had the feeling that, you know, it was this generation versus that gen- or this generation is better than that generation. I feel like it's much more out in the open now, the contempt people have for people because of their age, hmm. not just for old people, but for younger people, too. Gen Z hates open office concepts. 50% of them want their own office. Well, is okay. Shut up! Isn't that part of the problem right there? You have all these generational experts now and how gurus. Yeah, and how to you know Gen Z work uh, coaches. I mean, that's I know. It's, it's well, its own the idea that that they should be coached differently and you should have to learn exactly. how to coach them is bullshit. Yeah. When in rail, you should just tell them. You are about to lose your job. <laughs> I can't believe we drove around all day and there's not a single job in this town. There's nothing, nada, zip. Yeah, unless you want to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> I saw this story, Mark, the one you handed me. Yeah, is that stage wild? Home. Yeah, this is, this Holy is interesting. Holy shit, and I spent way too much time watching this chick's YouTube channel, which is awful. I found this totally believable. The mother of a famous teen YouTuber is being sued for $22 million by 11 plaintiffs who say she abused them emotionally, physically, and sexually. They allege in the complaint that, is it Tiffany Smith? Yeah, the mother of YouTube star Piper Rockell, Piper, Piper Rockell, cool name. intentionally inflicted emotional distress while she held a position of care and control over them in the production of content for Rockell's YouTube channel. The teen creators allege they endured physical and emotional injuries from harassment, molestation, and abuse. Teens are each asking for roughly $2 million, totaling 22 from Smith and her boyfriend, Hunter Hill, who the complaint identifies as the director and editor of Raquel's YouTube channel. Have you watched any of the YouTube channel? No, I have not. Oh, my God. It's probably, I'm going to guess it's, are they trying to be funny? Yeah, it's so it's, funny. And I'm guessing that's not going to be funny. It's so bad. It's so annoyingly bad, too. One, the most recent one that I was watching was, um, we're going to recreate your most embarrassing moment. So send us an email and recreate it, which is very similar to the MTV show called uh, You Write It, You Watch I was It. say, where have I heard this before? Which was done by the state and John Stewart, which is a great show. I love that show. But anyway, so that's kind of what they're doing. And the first embarrassing moment was coming out of the bathroom with toilet paper on your shoe. So this girl oh, yeah, does that on the all mall. the time. I know, and she does it at the mall. And no one sees it. No one cares. And then the next one is vomiting and not being bothered by it. So this girl fake vomits in the food court area, by the way, which is kind of just rude and shitty if you're not going to clean it up. Uh huh. No one notices or cares. <laughs> and that was kind of the joke that no one even saw it. It's like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. So do it again somewhere else so, so you get a reaction. Well, I hate to be a dick about this, but I've seen a lot of these uh, stars, YouTube stars, Vine, Vine stars. Yeah. Like Tommy Lee's wife. And then yeah. you see what the example of the content that made them have 10, 50 million subscribers or whatever, and how funny they were. And I always go, that's not funny. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly appalled at the one take aspect of it because it didn't work. Do it again until it works. Well, yeah, of course. No, you would you would want to put something out that would, you know, make it at least yeah, interesting to watch. Dumb. Yeah. Despite their age, the plaintiffs said they were asked to stage romantic crushes on each other meant to fool young audiences. The dynamics of the squad and the romantic storylines have led to issues like online bullying and harassment of their children. Uh, p- p- 
I want my peace back with my kids at Ashley Ann Rocksmith, whose daughters both plan for Raquel's cousins and appeared in 94 episodes. Wait, why weren't they getting paid anyway? Exactly. Were they not getting paid at all? Well, and the deeper part of the story is about how, well, hey, these child actors and actresses in Hollywood, where it's a, le- you know, a legitimate business that's yeah. oversaw, they have rules. So this kind of stuff happens. But that doesn't exist because... You know, YouTube has no responsibility. Right. They're their own platform. So the mom just says, well, my kid gets all the money because it's my kid anyway. Because I said so, yeah. And my kid is smart. Uh, Smith countersued for $30 accused the plaintiffs. Oh, she's suing the kids of conspiring to extort money by making false sexual abuse allegations. Plaintiffs describe Smith as a mean being spirited control freak alleged she made comments about children's genitalia, shouted obscene and sexually graphic remarks at them, encouraged them to be sexy and sexually aggressive in videos. Were they trying to do like Vanderpump rules with kids? I, kind of. That's a good way to put it, yeah. And inappropriately touched the children on their legs, thighs, and buttocks. One plaintiff said Smith told her she was mailing Rochelle's underwear to a man who liked to sniff it. Oh, Gross. Disgusting. <laughs> Shit. Uh, YouTube demonized Raquel's <sighs> channel. After Insider sent the platform a request for comment about the lawsuit filed against Smith, that means the channel no longer makes money from ads. Raquel makes money by selling merchandise. Oh, my God. They sell merchandise. True. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. So, well, I think it's interesting that they deplatformed her or, or demonetized her. So she's also touring. Which yes. No idea what she's doing on this tour. Who goes to these fucking shows? These know. kids all go? I think we should go because she's coming to Detroit June 24th. Who? Where? At the, um, it's the Flagstar um, place now. It's the old Crowfoot Pontiac? in Pontiac. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice place. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So they're expecting a pretty big crowd. Yeah, you want to go? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Send Maz. Oh, oh, we should. Okay. In addition to not getting paid, nine of the plans alleged Smith and Hill sabotaged their YouTube channels after they left the squad by falsely flagging their content as inappropriate and embedding their content on pornographic websites so they'd be deemed restricted. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? How diabolically shitty is that? God, why would she care if they made money? Because she's not making money now, so therefore no one's allowed to make money. Well, if she can't make money. So no one's allowed to make money. Well, if she's so great and it's her kid that makes all the money so the other ones don't get paid, then she ought to be able to make money with her kid anyway, whether the other kids make money on their own. I and mean, she has to try and fuck them over? Well, but YouTube demonetized her. Right. So she, that's like, okay. She wants them all to be demonetized. That's like uh, my friend John at Casey, who played that clip from the Woodstock album yes. that said something yeah. about bombing, and the competitor makes the complaint to the FCC, and it. they get in all this trouble, even though the competitor was not offended. This is cancel culture. They just wanted to fuck with them. Yeah. Wow, that's bullshit. In September 21, YouTube removed three of Raquel's thumbnail images for violating a child safety policy shortly after the singer Pink tweeted that Raquel was being exploited by her mother. <laughs> Pink jumped in the fray. Yeah, I know. What? Her kids were probably watching. <laughs> the time both Pink, Raquel Pink seems to jump in a lot of weird frays. I agree. At the time, both Raquel and Smith responded there was nothing wrong with the photos, with Smith telling outlets through representatives she wanted to protect and support her daughter. In April 2020, Smith sued one squad parent who isn't a party to the current lawsuit for defamation. Case was settled, but in court filing a content creator named Reagan Fingles. Signed a declaration <laughs> accusing Smith of giving an alcohol and aggressively kissing him while live streaming when he was 17. What's the guy's name? Yeah, Reagan Fingles. Yeah, that's a weird name. Fingles is Einhorn. <laughs> wow. What a, I can't believe she'd fuck with them and put them on a porn site. I know. What a... 
So which ticket do you want for a show? Do you want to splurge for the Piper's Backstage BBY Super VIP package <laughs> for $600? Oh, God! There's only 10 oh, allowed per on. show. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pay... People would pay $600 to meet Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. or someone like that. To meet her fucking brat? Yeah, but do you get to appear in Bruce's Instagram story of the day? <laughs> Because you do it with Piper for $600. Oh, my plus, God. What plus, a ripoff. Plus, she will follow your account on Instagram, which is just a boon. I mean, that's oh, huge. Sh- you get a private is... backstage tour with her. This is disgusting. Uh, first this access injury, pre-show private meet and greet, which is more time with Piper. Selfies, photos, videos, and autographs with Piper. Exclusive Piper Rucka oh, Live. Piper. <laughs> Exclusive holographic Piper Rucka Live VIP laminate. Oh, what? Oh, a laminate? All right, so. A Piper laminate? So 600 is too much for you. How about the $200 early access VIP and admission? you got to be kidding me. What do you get for that? Uh, early entry into the venue. Is that Piper, venue. by the way? Is that her brand? Yeah. What a stupid present. Piper's pretty cute. Oh, I think Piper's like 10. No, she's not. No? She's like 15, isn't she? Yeah. Um, the meet and greet and admission is just $60. The that parent. girl's not 10, Brandon. Okay. The parent ticket is 25 So $26 is the cheapest to get into there. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, how many people can buy the $600 package? Just 10 Jesus Christ. Six grand yeah. for that bullshit, for a few I, likes, I, you imagine? and for following people? I could not imagine if Charlotte came up to me and was like, hey, I really want to go to this <laughs> VIP. Can you buy this package for me? How much is it? $600. Like, can you met There's, you know, there's kids out there that yeah. are going to go to the yeah. somebody's. Somebody's parents are picking up, the and they're job. not going to bat an eye at it. Like, oh, six hundred bucks. Yeah, it's a good value to meet your your fan, your favorite Hi, artist. Hi, this crab. <laughs> wow. Oh my god, that's disgusting. I think it's amazing. and twenty six dollars a ticket. Million there's, subscribers. Holy there's like a yeah. thousand seats in that place, so that's. A thousand seats times twenty six bucks. Yeah, twenty six grand. Twenty six. Yeah. Plus the six grand for the the backstage, and then the two hundred dollar ones too. So somebody's pawning a bunch of money. Yep. Jesus, that's disgusting. Uh, okay, Brandon, you want to bring up the the cops episode? Sure. This is a quite a dramatic episode of cops. We of course had the. Uh, the Stellar episode, we've been playing the drops for decades, but I'd never seen, I, we never really had access to the episode, I don't think. For this, years. This episode, I don't think I remember this episode, but uh, again, somebody, and I love the links everybody sends. Well, God, could, people send great links. Can somebody please find, because remember, we found the Cops YouTube channel is just, it's exploded. It's it's just number two in popularity growth behind ours. <laughs> it should be. Um, so not only the, ahead old, of us. <laughs> the old lady mom. But we watched Tony Dones, which is a great one. And I cannot, there's two I cannot find. And one is Mr. Helicopter Man. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, who, that's the guy that says, uh, uh, PCP, Quaaludes. LSD, PCP, heroin. What else you want to know? He claims he had all, has all that on him as they're dragging him out of the house. I want to find that one. And I also want to find the guy who was, he's in the jail when they show him. And he goes, that's the way I grew up. That's the way I'm going to be. LSD, <laughs> I, PCP, heroin, cocaine. That would what be, else you want to know? I have spent... Way too much time trying to find those two. That's where I grew up, and that's where I'm on a base. I cannot find those episodes. I have I a know. few favorites of my own, and one of them is a, it's a burglary thing where this guy and his buddy have been burglarized. Do you know what I'm talking about, Brandon? I think I'm going to play the drop right now. Oh, yeah. And 
the buddy's trying to be helpful, and the guy whose place is burglarized, he's getting really pissed at his buddy, like telling him to shut up and yeah. stuff. Yep. Is it this one? Like the guy's like. That's a really incredible synopsis. That's him. That's a trailer. That's him. A trailer, That's him right? his friend. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and also there's a point where the guy reveals that, okay, there's stone, too. Yeah. Really, yeah, we were smoking pot earlier. And the cop uh, somehow finds out that he used to play in a band, <laughs> and so he ends up singing a part, some of a song that he did for the cop, and the cop's like, oh, my God, what the fuck? It's really weird, because these guys are so high, and the one guy's getting really mad at the other guy. So I, I'm hoping some of these will turn up. But this one is a mother-daughter domestic, and it's a little tricky. We've got the mother and the mother's boyfriend and the daughter. And the daughter is angry and may have uh, committed a, a violent act towards the mother, like shoving her or something, because she's mad. The mom only cares about her boyfriend. She spends all her time with her boyfriend, and there's a little there's a little twist in the story, too, about the boyfriend that we'll uh, see as this goes on. And another problem, too, is that the daughter has a warrant. <laughs> you got a bench warrant. Like most people pulled over who don't have ID, they always have bench warrants. If somebody doesn't have their license, I guarantee you they have a bench warrant. Or a few warrants, because they just don't want to reveal it. My daughter's crying. Man. Sucks. Mom just loves her boyfriend so fucking much. You know what's going on here? These two are fighting, and he has a taser. The boyfriend has a taser. Pause for a second. Why? I mean, do I dare ask why he would have a taser? Sometimes the daughter gets a little out of hand with the mom, and uh, the boyfriend has to tase the daughter. Totally normal. How else are you going to teach her? Yeah, totally normal. It's a Pavlovian. That's her daughter right now. Now, she's already, I've already gone through this domestic violence thing where she hits me and I had to have her arrested. So then she thought she could do it again. And I'm, because I was going to. Who are you guys? That's my son and my fiance. That's your fiance. Yes. And who is I know everybody that's male. That's her son. That's my son. And your son. And you guys both witnessed this whole thing. Who started it? She did. We said it was time to go home, and she didn't want to go because she has to. Both mom and daughter smoking cigarettes, by the way, just in case you wanted to know. What's going on? Nothing. Me and my mom got into a disagreement because Samuel over there is my ex-boyfriend. I used to date him before my mom did. Oh. And he left me for my mom, and then he just ran after me a minute ago with the taser. This is not the first time he's came after me. That is a little unfair that her ex-boyfriend is now her mom's fiance, and that when she gets upset about it, she gets tased. Yeah, that's not fair. That's a little bullshit. Not, it sucks. I feel for her. Mom's fiance used to be your boyfriend? Yes, he used to be my boyfriend. Wow, you he came after me with a taser more than once. This is like the third or fourth time, and I've had to run. I'm, I, I'm terrified of that, of that thing. And I admit that I have a bench worn out for my arrest. Oh. To appear for yeah, a traffic boy. Yes, sir, I do. What, why are y'all? What are y'all? You said you're. Listen to me. Hold on. You said you and your mom were in a disagreement. What was the disagreement over? What was the deal? Disagreement was because I wanted to hang out with her. But she didn't want me to hang out with her because her boyfriend is my ex-boyfriend, and she does not trust us together. Okay. How long ago did you and your mom's fiance used to date? When was that? It was like five years ago. I've been in disagreement since then. Oh, so it was five years ago? Y'all broke up five years ago? Yeah, no. When did he start dating your no, mom? My mom told him that if he continued dating me because I was under the age, that he was, she was going to have him arrested. So he left me and ended up going to her. started dating your mom? Yeah. 
How old is he? He's 26. He's How old is your mom? My mom is 44. And I told her, I said, what? please just let me walk home. And she wouldn't let me walk home. She just wanted to give you a ride home? Yeah, but I didn't want to give, I didn't want her oh, to give me a ride home. I really wonder about this relationship now. He's going to dig in a little more. Her boyfriend right there. Which she she sounds like the, I really wanted to see her really bad. <laughs> well, she's about the same damn age as that kid, right? Well, I guess mom do knows best. Well, it turns out that when mom said she was going to have him arrested, mm-hmm. that she uh, just wanted to nail him, right? She caught them, it sounds like it, but she caught them making out, and oh, her daughter was 13 at the time. What? Yeah. That, that young? Mr. I'll tase you when you're out of hand. He was 21, she was 13. Yeah, he was dating a 13 year old. Boyfriend's over me. Excuse my language. Of course, she's wearing makeup and stuff, so. Go ahead and drop a cigarette. Drop it. Go home to mommy. <laughs> Listen to this part. <laughs> That's what's searching shoes, her. Please. Yeah, we'll get your shoes. Get them yeah, we'll get your shoes. Yeah, I don't you know, know where mean? they're at. No, ma'am, I don't. Nothing at all? No, I don't believe so. You can check my bra if you want to. I don't believe I have any check my bra. No, ma'am. Tell me what happened. What, ha- what happened tonight? Tonight, I told her, you have to go home. I have to go to bed. It's time to go to work. I have to go to work. Mm-hmm. We have to go to work. We have to go to work. You have to go home. Hi, mommy. No, I don't not. like the mom. And then she I don't like her me. either. So then she opens the door and comes running out. She pushes me again. So then my fiance runs in and grabs his taser and he says, yeah, Look, I'm just gonna taser him. Because she's over it. She's gone. You gotta off tase the, wall. the kid. Like, I mean, you weren't worried about it. It's the only way she's gonna learn. Why is the kid getting arrested? If he wants to be warned, oh, well, I don't care. <laughs> right. Just move out. <laughs> move out of my house. She gets the double. Hey, what kind of shirt is she wearing? Who's the picture on her shirt? The kid? Okay. I thought it was right. Colin Kaepernick, but this must be for the, uh, way the earlier than that. For hit mom? For hit mom, because, I mean, it continues to happen. Mm-hmm. They have prior domestics, and, I mean, it's she just... She won't get a bond. Well, kid's yeah, getting tased. She won't be able to bond out yeah. on that, so, exactly. So what what that? I don't know. I can't tell that is. I had got out of jail and didn't have nowhere to stay. I met Van. Her mom let me stay at the house. About two days later, her mom caught us kissing and then said she was going to throw me in jail. Mom caught us kissing. Oh, I just got out. She she told me, I think she was like 13 13. or 14, something like that. And then her mom started (laughs) flirting with me. What did he say? She was older? So you you just kind of date her a little bit? Of course, mom decides that this guy, clearly, we have to have him in the family. He just got out of jail. If my daughter can't have him, I gotta have him. Stay one for the family. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) grammar's a little dude. I think he's asking him now, like, why are you dating a 13-year-old? I wouldn't call it dating. Just a couple days? Like, maybe twice. Yeah, we went and boyfriend. You couldn't tell that she was 13 years old? I mean, she doesn't even look 20 years old now, man. She looks like a kid. (laughs) Well, she had makeup on. She... (laughs) They can act She's diabolical. That's why I have to taser. Hey, Jennifer. You understand being in charge of domestic violence for hitting your mom? Who is on that shirt? You didn't hit her? You never put her? I swear to God, I didn't put my hands on her. That's from inside the car. Unfortunately, there's three people here that say you did. Yeah, boy. All right. I can tell hey, I can tell you. Go home to mommy. Look, do you want to be tased? You're worried about the situation with you and her fiance, right? I'm done with her. What? Your mom? I mean, it's gonna cause as much trouble. I'm done. Well, you know you need to let go of the past. You you're <laughs> upset still Why about is the she situation. Being lectured? With your mom's fiance and and what the two of you were a few years ago? Where well, was your mother? And I kind of feel for this kid. Listen, I, I don't know what the deal is with the two of you or how your relationship's been exactly. We have our problems. But, like you said, she's very important to you because she's your child. Well, aren't you going to say anything about right. the tasing? Whatever it takes to mend this relationship, that's oh, that what you need to kid. do. That's your daughter. Uh, still in motor vehicle. 
Oh, oh boy. boy. Isn't this America? I'm sorry. I thought this was America. <laughs> no one said anything about the tasing. Wouldn't that seem like it's an issue? Eh. Eh. Maybe they thought she deserved it. I really wanted to see her really bad. Man, that sucks getting dumped for your mom. I know. That really blows. And her mom <laughs> is gross. not hot. Her mom is ugly. I think the kid is potentially much hotter than the mom. This, although- this oh, prime example of why we need cops, where are they now? Do you think that kid has led a very successful life? Going forward, um, I don't know. You know, I give her a better chance than her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm with you there, Brandon. Oh, that the mom, mom is nice judgment by that. Well, you know, mother. sometimes some 13 year olds put on makeup, and you know they yeah, fool you. Easily and... fooled. The, the daughter is, I think, cute, but she, I think she's got a, I think she's got kind of a fat gene from the other side of the family. Yeah, because oh, the mom's kind of thin. But she looks like she's. Bless all that trauma. Yeah, well, you know, it's tough being a single mom. You know, I think there's a lot of comfort eating going on. I don't blame her. <laughs> She should be comforting. She's getting tased by her ex-boyfriend. But I think she's a little hung up on him. I mean, it sounds like they were together such a short time before the mom stepped in and stole him from herself. Well, you know what's going to happen. She's going to steal like he her. can't use his dick on her, but I'll, I can use it. She's going to have a kid and end up stealing her kid's uh, partner. <laughs> kid's well, my mom did it. Guy's gonna, no, that guy's going to end up with the grandchild. <laughs> yeah, that guy will come back. He's got to nail every generation of the family. Why didn't he get, is the grandma still alive? Is the grandma? Is the mom's mom still alive? We don't know. You can nail her. I think she is. I think I have audio of her. What? He's gonna nail the dad. You know, this is what I see on. Uncles and aunts, all the time. <laughs> I don't know how much is going on here in the states, but these chicks on 90 Day Fiance, they're from America, and they'll be like 50, and they date like these 23 year old guys from the Dominican Republic. It's the same and thing. Guy, like, same thing guys from here do, right? Yeah. I know. I just don't expect chicks to be doing it. It's like, why don't they do right. it here? Is it because over there? They're, they're like, well, she's American rate. woman, she's got money and stuff. I mean, exactly. There's an exchange you know, They're overlooked like 15 years. So maybe they could get a 35-year-old guy here, but they'd rather have a 25-year-old guy there. And then we have, um, God, there was a, about two weeks ago, there was a story about all those teachers getting busted with their students. Yeah. These teachers are all like 32, 33, and the students are all like 16. And there were six arrested in two days. The exact the one, same story. Oh, the one in Oklahoma. <laughs> Did you read that one? She was 25, I think, and the guy was 15. And um, they started texting, and then I think he sent, like, a shirtless picture. And she's like, oh, are we, sex- are we sending pictures now? And then, of course, there's just this torrent of pictures, and they ended up, like, making out twice in school. And then it turns out, like, her dad was the mayor of the city, and her husband's the chief of police. It's like, that is really, really poor judgment to begin with. But then <laughs> when you're fighting that, really dumb lady. Yeah, I think I did see that story. All the women. You don't know the mayor. All six of the stories, the women were pretty cute. Yeah, always. They're all good I don't know looking. Why. What, is the, what is going well, on? Because those young guys wouldn't nail them if they weren't. That's another thing that, and I hate doing this because it makes you feel old. That should never used to happen. It seems well, like it happens of. all the time. I don't. I really don't think it uh, happened that uh, much. Letourneau burst that door open, just like. <laughs> it just well, seems this like so bad to say. Just like Harrison Klebold. <laughs> doesn't it seem like it's as frequent as school shootings, though? Well, we hear it. We just you know you're gonna hear about every every example now. I guess honestly, it probably happened more <laughs> when you were younger. No one well, ever knew. I remember. Okay. I do remember teachers flirting with female students. Right. I yeah. do not remember female teachers that were like 40 okay, flirting yeah. with, Fair point. you know. 17 year Oh, women are more right. sexually liberated now. 
I guess. I don't know. You're right. It's been a shift instead of the guy and the male teachers hitting on the, the girls. It's the other yeah, way I, I remember this guy. I was Mary Kay Eternal with Trailblazer. I was just about to say his name. He Rest was. In peace. Um, he was my teacher, so I recognized him right away. And he had a, he had a beard, and beards weren't that common that, at that time. And he was walking at this park near my house, kind of a scenic park, with this chick that was in my eighth grade science class. And I'm like, what the fuck is he doing with her? And I mean, my brain was not even allowing me to fully comprehend <laughs> what was going on. I just thought it was weird. And so I was oh, like, Oh, it's science for you. That's science for you. Oh, hi, Mr. You know, Mr. So-and-so. What's Mr. So-and-so and doing with Betsy? Oh, Andy, how you doing? And, uh, and, and I remember that he actually said something about, uh, oh, yeah, we were just uh, writing some poetry. And, uh, and yeah. he's like, writing some poetry? Well, you're, the, the you're a science teacher. <laughs> no, I, I just remember thinking, like, how boring for you to have to write poetry. <laughs> Jeez. But I, I swear, I, it just... Something was not right about that, and I, I don't can't believe she's fucking walking around with my dude. babies. Could have the same sort of teacher, the same sort of friend. Probably poetry. A lot. Bullshit is that? So, um, what is going on with Jamie Fox? Does anyone know why is oh, this a boy. mystery? Oof. I don't understand. He's been in the hospital for two weeks. He's yes, a huge because I star. thought he was fine. I see him on my TV gambling for our MGM all the time. I thought he was doing great. Oh, that's right. He's on that. Spot. You tell me those are taped. Apparently, is it isn't it a little weird when a guy is known to be in like the yes. hospital in a very serious condition, and yet there's ads of him gambling up a storm and having a blast on TV? I would think they would pull the ads, yes, run alternate yes. ads during that time because I know they have other ads without him in it because I see those ads all the time too. Okay, Jamie Fox is a you know he's a multi uh, very talented one of those versatile like stars. Him. He makes dude. music, he acts, he can do it all. Comedy, Katie Holmes, comedy. Yeah, he was nailing Katie Holmes. Um, One hundred and seventy million dollar net worth. So he's a little annoying, but he's really good. I don't understand when Jamie Fox goes into the hospital with some kind of a medical emergency. And he's in there for two weeks, and we know it was a big deal because they shut down. Sh they shut shut down shooting a movie he's making with um, what's her name, Cameron uh, Diaz. Cameron yeah. Diaz. Mm -hmm. And now they're telling us, oh, by the way, he's been awake and alert for a few days now, and he's recovering. It's like, why? I mean, I, not that I want to talk to his doctor about his personal medical information, but wouldn't you think there would be some at least explanation? As to what's Some, going on? Yeah, just, just calling just a, it a quote-unquote medical complication. It's just a cover story, if nothing else. I mean, well, first of all, I would think they would tell you the truth. But if nothing else, I think I would think they would tell you that, um, oh, he had a little cardiac arrhythmia or something. Yeah. You know, something. Well, because it's probably way more serious than that. So why don't they just tell us it's serious? You can't hide it. I mean, at some point, if it's really serious, we're going to know anyway. I mean, what's yeah. the, I, I don't know. Well, just, their spokesperson, Martin Lawrence, came out to said he's doing better. <laughs> Martin Lawrence <laughs> said, oh, is he doing PR work now? <laughs> he's like the only celebrity that said anything like had an update on his. And came, he made me feel How like. How do you keep a lid on that? That's the thing I well, can't believe. It's like Jamie Foxx is so big that no one will will break the lid. Uh, well, I mean, what do you think someone would say? Because people have to be know, digging in like this, like crazy. Because he's a big star. Yeah, he's huge. Uh, but remember, Aretha was in the hospital here for a long time, and people did not know about it. Well, people are speculating like motherfuckers. Sure, sure, but nobody really knew for certain. She was did under. You tell me why I'm in here. She was under assumed name. 
Um, I was worried for a second that Martin Lawrence was going to be the Pauly Shore of this to say, uh, is that his last legs? Everybody come and say goodbye. <laughs> like when Pauly Shore killed Louis Anderson yes. four days before he died. Of course. No, I, I feel like this is really serious and they just don't want us to know. They don't serious. think we can handle it. What medical complication are you in the hospital for two weeks for? I was for bronchiolitis. Well, maybe that's all he has. And then. hypoxia. Maybe he has hypoxia. Well, but, you were not in the hospital for two weeks. A week and a half. No, it wasn't even a week and a half. It was like eight days. I mean, that's a long time. Don't get me Anything wrong. Anything over a week is a week and a half to me. Okay, let's just, let's just, okay, we'll give it to you. Let's just say it was hypoxia. Why not just say it's hypoxia? Because then people go, oh, okay. Because I, I find that people AIDS. are just like, uh, if you read the story, for example, and you flip on the comments, you'll see everyone's going, what the fuck is wrong with him? That's all anybody's saying. And people are suggesting that he's dying. He's got a head injury. He's well, got anxiety. He's got brain damage. Well, didn't he go in? Wasn't he in the hospital for a hip thing? Or, or wasn't there something he was there no, for? No, there was a medical emergency. Was an emergency. Well, and like the fast-acting EMTs did such a great job that uh, he's okay, and he's uh, he's awake and alert, but he's been awake and alert for like two weeks now. You don't suppose it's a stroke, do you? Well, that would make sense. Yeah. Because that would keep you in the hospital a long time, because they did imply and that... you can be awake and alert. Yeah. There, was, there was sort of a... I don't know how they said this, but it seems to me it was suggested that he is having some rehabilitation yeah. of some kind. Wow. That's that would explain it. That actually would totally explain it, because... Although you'd think they would want to prepare you for that, you know? The great sleuth. Like, he's not going to be 100% right away. Yeah, but, you know, maybe he wants to do it on his terms, and I don't know. I don't well, know. Somebody needs to get a hold of uh, Martin Lawrence. Yeah, obviously. Okay. By the way, Martin Lawrence broke that information at his Hollywood Walk of Fame, so now we know he paid, what, 50 grand for his first star? <laughs> yeah, now, I didn't even know that, but now we know every time <laughs> someone gets one of those stars, oh, they, get, they paid 50. No, 55 grand. 50 55. grand was what I was going to pay when I take right. over the <laughs> making stars for the Hollywood Walk of Fame business because it's such a fucking ripoff. $55,000 to make a, a star, mm. one square of cement. Yeah. Well, because they, they can get the money for it, so why not? Remember, there's also the twenty-seven grand for the reception. Yeah, that's which right. is also bullshit. You don't have to rip off. Reception, do you? They probably provide a few rolls and a few diet cokes <laughs> and charge twenty-seven grand. <laughs> rolls. I, I'm serious. I really believe that that is a money-making scam. It on is the part it's for of, the Chamber of Commerce of Hollywood. Yeah, it's a yeah. big money maker. It's pretty brilliant of them. So, I mean, it kind of fucks it up, though, when they select Martha Reeves, who doesn't have 55 grand well, I can't, or 27 grand. Why isn't there somebody like um, like Adam Rich come forward with 55 grand to put a star on? <laughs> Will they turn that down? Do they? In other words, if you have the money, do they turn it down? No, I'm sure. No, you, have to be, you have to be in the star category. You can't be a tiny star. And by the way, Adam okay. Rich, I'm sure, has one. Don't <laughs> if, start suggesting Adam, Adam Rich would not have a star. What if the estate of Adam Rich decided to pay, well, you know, we're going to pay um, $125,000 for a star? I think they, would they accept it? Yeah, I think they might. And they put it. They, they put it in an alley, really shit location. <laughs> They'd be more interested in doing it if they offered more money. Or no. Dustin Diamond. What if Dustin Diamond offered <laughs> half a million dollars for a Hollywood? Star? It would take about a half a million for him. No, this definitely something askew. With brilliant the Hollywood star program. I mean, I the fact that you Adam pay Rich. for it. I don't think Adam Rich has one. Who are half those people though on the list? Eddie um, Albert paid fifty-five grand. Oh, also, uh, this is something I found out was that some people have turned down the Hollywood yeah. star when they found out there was fit like a fuck lot of you. Have, yeah. So that's why everyone doesn't have one, I guess. Mm. 
but anyway. I mentioned Aretha. Did you see the big story about Aretha on Friday? About Aretha the, Franklin? The, the court hearing? Yeah. Wait. You didn't see that story? So there was another court battle. Well, let me guess. Her kids are fighting over money. Well, yeah, that's what that's what this has all been about. But now there's an... That under- was not any act of genius on my part, by the way. If anybody's giving me too much credit. There was a... Um, uh, her last will and testament via voicemail, which seems like the way Aretha would do it, yeah. was what was played in court. Now, it's now in my voice. Why don't that count? <laughs> and now there's tw- it was 20 minutes worth. We'll write that shit down. 20 minutes of voice. That's enough for you in my voice, and you can't have it. Of voicemails, which all I can think of is did she leave voicemails like Clark? Where <laughs> had a, you know, a beginning, a body, a conclusion yeah. <laughs> that came back around. 19 like minutes on, long. On, 20 minutes of voicemails that she had. I leave. leave my sister shit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really weird because she leaves this message, and she's like, this is how we're going to do it. This is going to finish it. But then the defense tried to claim that, well, no, she also said that this isn't her last will of testimony. It's really wild because now there's three claims to it. There's three claims to her money. And who is trying to suggest they have a claim that would not be in the other wills? Like her kids obviously are going to get, you know, well, quite the, a bit I of it. I think the main will gets split between the three kids and then the oldest kid who I believe has doesn't need any mental help or. The one that was born when she was. 12. Yeah, like that. So Which, that, by the way, no one seemed to know until she died. <laughs> so that money gets, I think, put in a trust because there's a guardian and all that. But okay, the, I'm all for that. I'm in favor yeah, of, of course, that. But the rest of the money would get split three ways. But I think the new one comes from the one kid that actually has a singing career, and he claims that it was all left to him. <laughs> and that's what uh, yeah. yeah, okay. That Wait, that's her kid or her kid's kid? I'm trying to find Because she out. has a granddaughter who I think thinks that she's got Aretha's voice. And she doesn't, in my opinion. What about there you story go. on her? What about Keycalf? Yeah, Keycalf yeah, Keycalf is not, in. He's, he's in. not. Really? I thought he was kind of, isn't he? He may he, have blown through it already. Wasn't he the one that turned the fire? Yeah. Was, uh, well, yeah. He, he had, he, but he didn't set the fire. He just had That's right, he flammables on him when they found him like a few blocks Talk away. Talk about bad luck. Yeah, that was, what a coincidence. So in the May 2018 messages, the singer rattles off her. It's d- kind of like Alec Baldwin having that, that gun go off just when he's pointing it at someone. <laughs> Brian McCallum wrote this is pretty, pretty damn good. <laughs> Because, wait, wait, let me, let's see. The singer rattles off her desired adjustments to a will, which I can just see her just, I want this, I want this, I want this, and then this. Just no. No gold records for my sister. Fuck her. Um, she gets shit. Drafted by a Troy attorney that she had listed for the estate you plan. You don't have no cancer. Franklin That's is quote. Heard saying she'd like to arrange an office visit to, quote, finish this. <laughs> that day of voicemails turned out to be her last communication with the attorney in the eight-page document remained unsigned when she died. Um, oh God. Attorneys for Franklin's four sons gathered at the judge's bench while the audio was streamed from a laptop computer while three of the sons listened on from the gallery. And wait, so does she have seven kids? Oh, no, the attorneys. I'm sorry. The attorneys listened. Uh, the, she is firm and she spells out her requested tweaks and deletions for the drafted will. They're peppered with friendly feistiness. That is a no-no! <laughs> she says of one clause involving potential liquidation of her music. Cash to keycap, that's a no-no! She does not want them to sell the rights to her music, though. Interesting. That's the big no-no. She wants that to stay in the family. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I would think there'd be... I would think there'd be continuing value, but if I was Keycalf, fuck, I'd want my money now. Fuck his grandkids and his kids. Fuck them. <laughs> They're not going to know her. Fuck that baby. They don't even know her. 
They'll oh, never know her. Remember, Fuck that. I, I want the money now. I'll give it to him later. I forgot they followed. So the first one was a will that the second youngest kid put forth. And that was My followed. money and I need it now. I forgot about the two handwritten wills they like found in her house after yeah, she died. Yeah, what was found under the couch? Yeah, under the couch. Under a cushion, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Under a bobcat. That's the one I would believe. The 28. The 2018 draft is the only one that calls for the assets to be split equally among the three youngest, the eldest, <laughs> special needs under guardianship. So there you go. Yeah. Wow. Boy, wouldn't you love to hear that 20 minutes of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listing off no no's. Oh, if that ends up on YouTube, that's going to be live stream. <laughs> She's listing off no no's and. <laughs> I wonder what the no no's are. Oh, but the other, the attorneys for sons, Edward Franklin and Keycalf, contended the unsigned draft does not qualify under state law. They noted that Aretha began the series of voicemails by saying, I'm not declaring this to be my last will and testament. So I'm not, why, I'm not so declaring So why are you doing it then? Hmm. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Well, everything's pretty complicated with her because didn't it, like, didn't it take quite a while to bury her? Yeah. She was on ice yeah. for days, mm -hmm. wasn't she? Mm -hmm. Just oh. like uh, Kasem. And then uh, remember how late the funeral started? Mm -hmm. And then remember how long the funeral went? <laughs> it was, they started that funeral. It was supposed to start at 10 a.m., if I remember correctly. And there was a traffic jam getting there. And I remember right. watching there, and there's a traffic going to Aretha's funeral, which was supposed to start at 10 o'clock. It's like 11 o'clock. And, <laughs> and the car with her body is like at the very back of this mess. Always this late. Tangled <laughs> traffic. I bet you the funeral, the, the memorial was very hot in that room, too. It, yeah, it looked like it was hot hey, as hell. Hey, move your ass! Which is why Bill Clinton bolted the fuck out of there as soon as he spoke. <laughs> and left, <laughs> left Hillary behind. That, that's where that guy had that great line about um, Ariana Grande, right? Oh. Right. Oh, God, was that bad? <laughs> so stupid. That when funeral. I saw Ariana Grande on the program, I thought that was a new something at Taco Bell. Cancel that man. <laughs> oh, God. Remember, it went what through. A perfect, what went a perfect through, memorial for her. It started, the speaker started around 11.45 or noon. I think it was afternoon, actually. It went through all the way through the 5 o'clock news, all the way through the 6 to 6.30, and I think they they broke away for network news. I think. Yeah, because what else is there to do? I mean, it was like the speakers get a little repetitive after a while. Yeah. Well, the, be the best example of that was, um, was it Rosa Parks? Where the same speeches. Oh, my oh, God. That was the Rosa Parks one, right? Yeah, that was a long one, too. <laughs> it was a very long the, one. The best was that reverend, though, who said... Thank you in all those different languages. <laughs> yeah, we still. If I was Russian, I'd say placebo. <laughs> that was awesome. That was a keeper. Well, his ending was great because he's like, you know, I was deaf. I'd say he just like raised his hands. <laughs> what? <laughs> I love it. It's great. Where do I have that? Um, today, uh, Brandon sent me something, and uh, and I had already been thinking about this a little bit, but I had not realized how huge the disparity was. We have had the most random shootings. For some reason, we're just in this rash of them. I think probably because they get reported. But the latest was this kid's ball rolled into this guy's yard. Oh, man. And so he, uh, did you see the, the story on that guy? Yeah. That's Kinsley White. Which, which story? The shooter. Yeah. What about him? He's out on bond. He's been out on bond for kidnapping and attacking his girlfriend with a sledgehammer. He was arrested back in December and got out $250,000 bond. It's, it's, he had just moved into that neighborhood. So the story that should be taken away from that is how this motherfucker got out on bond. I can't. For a very 
dangerous crime. But aren't people getting tired of hearing this refrain over and over and over? Because it happens all the time. And a lot of times stories that you wouldn't hear become stories because, oh, the guy was out on bond for this. There was the guy who was out on bond and on a um, on a tether in Detroit for murdering someone, and oh, then yeah. he murdered two other people who was out on bond. And then he killed himself. And they're like, well, with COVID and, you know. Yeah, it's like he killed two people because he was out on bond, and that story just went whoosh. Yeah. But I always feel like, wait, wait, wait. Who's the judge that bonded this guy? Can't we see a big, giant picture of the judge, and can't we all talk about the judge who bonded the guy instead of the horrible person that was victimized by this? So why don't we ever hear about the judge, and why did they bond them? His name is Robert Lewis Singletary. He's 24, uh, was booked December 2nd, charged with first-degree kidnapping, communicating threats, and assault with a deadly weapon with the intent to inflict serious injury against his girlfriend with a mini sledgehammer. He kept her inside the apartment, refused to let her leave for over two hours. Um, she had been at his apartment, and then he hit her in the back of the head with a sledgehammer. She immediately felt dizzy, disoriented, and was bleeding profusely. He was held on $250,000 bond, released December 15th, four months ago. And someone rolls a ball into his front yard and he shoots a six-year-old and her father mm -hmm. because a ball rolled into his yard. Well, the father's in serious condition. The six-year-old, six I mean, I don't, I'm sure you saw her. Yeah, she's real chatty. Sexuality is just Yeah, really cutie. sad. I mean, yeah. just terrible. She's wondering why, why he it. got shot. Sure. Mm -hmm. Why did he shoot my father and why did he shoot me? We have random shootings, a kid over a ball, a kid through a, a screen door was shot because he rang the wrong doorbell at 10 p.m. We have cheerleaders who were shot at for getting in the wrong uh, ride share. Then we have um, the girl that uh, her friend pulled into the wrong driveway, and as they were pulling out, the, the homeowner shot at the car and killed the passenger. And then, uh, which, what did I leave out? I left one out. Well, the final one would be Ralph Yellow. Kinsley White. No, you mentioned is, Ralph. Who's Kinsley White? Kinsley White is the little girl who Six got shot. With oh, the okay, she's a little. Okay, oh, they have 91000 did you say? Yeah. Okay, Peyton Washington, the cheerleaders go fund me, and she has a lot of medical problems, $60,000. Kinsley White, the, the little six-year-old whose dad was shot, $88,000 go fund me. Kaylin Gillis... As $144,000, and then Ralph Yarl, who was shot through the screen door, $3.5 million. And, and actually... Hey, I um, wonder what the difference is between all those ones. <laughs> Could it be well, race? Um, it does seem... I mean, it kind of screams race, but I think it's more about the fact that the Ralph Yarl story is done constantly. That was like one of the lead stories morning after morning after morning last week on Good Morning America. And some of these other stories, like the cheerleader story, is you know gets a little attention. The girl shot in the passenger seat of the car. That was kind of a oh wow, that just happened after the other one, but it wasn't really a big deal. And then the the ball rolling in the yard, eh, you know, it's gotten a little bit of coverage. But Ralph Yarl, that story has been just massively covered. And what I compare it to that blows my mind is because we've learned all about the 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 guy that shot him. His family members who say he's a racist, his grandson's talking now. His, his, his ex-wife? Yeah, his ex-wife who hadn't talked to him since oh. 1972 or something. That was a cheap shot inside edition. 
Yeah, there's, I mean, there's story after story about this guy. And a whore, and by the way, the child, Ralph Yarl, is seems alive. Like a great, well, he seems like a great, well, that's, maybe that's why he needs more money, because he's actually alive. That's the sad Well, he's thing. not even in the hospital. Yeah. I'm sure he's well, injured. He seems like a good dude. No, too. he's a good kid. But you're All right, but you're right. That, story, nice. that story's gotten more attention. It's probably oh, gotten, tons more it's probably attention. gotten shared a lot more on social media, which is how most people are getting their news now. That story also uh, has more attention than the three guys who killed four people and shot 28 others at a Sweet 16 party in Alabama. That story, Friday morning, they arrested the three people. They identified them. I saw their pictures on TV. I have not heard squat about that story. They killed four people and shot 28 others. And for some reason, for some reason, that story is just like a whoosh. Did you see the interview with the guy, you know, the guy who was on the scholarship for Jacksonville State? Um, yes, the brother killed. of the Sweet 16 party girl. Did you see, yeah, his sister... Um, when they interviewed her about the three guys, the birthday girl. Yeah, I didn't see her talking about it. She's, no, she's never seen these guys before in her life. Have no idea why why they were at the party or who they are, which makes it even more fucking curious. Well, it's yeah, it's it's a strange story. But generally, when a lot of young people are shot, like sure. at a school shooting, yeah. it's a big deal, and we hear all about the shooters, their psychiatric history, and. What may have led? Are they in the cells? You know what's going on. By the way, there's six arrested now in that Alabama shooting. So they think six people were shooters. Six. Well, six were arrested in connection. So I don't know if that's getaway driver. I don't know if that's aiding and abetting afterwards. What's a, I mean, it's a a story that you would think there'd be a lot more interest in it with 32 mm -hmm. people being shot at one time, but not really. It seems that Ralph Yarl is the and probably doesn't help. Or probably makes the story more attractive because this old white guy who doesn't want people trespassing and told the guy to you know stay away from me or whatever after he shot him, shot this you know innocent sixteen year old black kid who turns out is a very good kid. But um, I tell you, it's well um, on the subject of media. This is a this is a much better story, and I don't know how many people are telling it, but let me find the first page. Okay. This IRS whistleblower says that politics are giving Hunter Biden preferential treatment. He says that uh, he has information that will contradict sworn testimony. He's basically calling Attorney General Merrick Garland a liar under oath. Uh, so anyway, there's, there's a story that I think is much more important than that story. And this is the story, in my opinion, that the Republicans should have been talking about after the election. I don't know why they thought Dominion... I mean, even the Dominion story, if after they lost a couple of court cases, you'd think they would probably fade away from it. But they never really spent time on the story that I thought was much more interesting, which was the whole business of the laptop being yanked down from all these platforms like Twitter or wherever it would be reported based on this uh, letter signed by 50 former Intel people who said it was Russian interference or the likely it had the hallmarks had of Russian interference. So where did this public statement that all these platforms relied on, all this media relied on? And by the way, the media never questioned the 50 people. They never asked them, oh, by the way, why do you think it's the hallmarks of uh, Russian disinformation? They just simply said, well, they say it's Russian disinformation, and that's that. Biden and used that was, it in the debate, too. Yeah, and Biden could have said, hey, Hunter, is that your laptop? I mean, why didn't he just ask his son if that was his laptop. Oh, because his son sure was cracked out at the time. He doesn't remember. 
Yeah, he doesn't remember that. Okay, sure he doesn't. Anyway, um, it turns out the public statement that the 50 former Intel officials, this was initiated by Anthony Blinken, who was uh, worked for the Biden campaign. Secretary, yeah. He initiated the letter with former CIA Deputy Director Michael Morell, who got Abe Lincoln? Who then got 49 other people to sign it. They did not examine the laptop. They really, in fact, he was interviewed, or he was actually gave testimony about it and said he had two intents. One was to, quote unquote, share our concern about the Russians playing on the issue, which he didn't really have details about, but he decided that he thought that was, or maybe he really thought that, I don't know. But reason number two was to help Biden win the election. And if I had to guess, I would say number two was a lot more important than number one. So this letter initiated by the Biden campaign became the media's reason for not for downplaying it and saying it uh, it wasn't real. It's sure. uh, the hallmarks Come of on, Russia's man. information. But no one ever interviewed the 50 people that claimed this who were initiated by someone in the Biden campaign. That was the best story about the 2020 election. I don't know why it wasn't of more interest um, I mean, not that anything was going to change the election, but to go after Dominion was, as it turns out, very stupid and wrong. And this story had much more juice to it. And again, no one interviewed any of the co-signers of the letter and no one contacted the people on the emails because there were there were tons of emails in there with real people's names. No, the only person I did see was Fox News, who, of course, Fox News uh, interviewed many people who were on emails, especially the most damning emails, and put them on the air. And these people would verify that, yeah, that's that's the email that I got. But no one else had any interest in it. And to me, this is a far more, far more interesting story and far more damning, too, in terms of saying that someone, uh, quote unquote, interfered but I think it's really most of all damning to the media and the fact that the media just said, oh, yeah, that's good enough for us. And why wouldn't they? You think well, I mean, someone I, would interview would you, somebody you, on that letter? Why would you think 51 people would sign something if they were just told to sign it, too? So you know, it's kind of like just Sean Watson accusers when you have that many that are agreeing on it. You know, but it's people, almost people sign petitions or letters like that. This is when I'm talking about a sexual assault. We're talking about a, a laptop being the subject of Russian or being the uh, uh, showing the hallmarks of Russia. When you want to know, well, what exactly are we talking about here? I mean, why would they just take anyone's word for anything? I mean, there's no there's no interest because as it turns out, it was bullshit. It came from. Um, or even the origination of why they would sign that, because it came out so fast. It's like, well, Jesus, how do they fucking know that? And by the way, the laptop, meanwhile, it, um, you have all kinds of people, people, well, right-oriented media, putting out pictures of Hunter smoking crack, nude, doing porn. I mean, there were so many things like, gee, that sure seems like it would have come from his laptop. I mean, who else's laptop would that come from? But instead, they simply took the word of the 50 former intel. I mean, I hope no one ever does this again, although I've seen many times where they say, a hundred people. I mean, in uh, I'll give you a really dumb example of it. When <laughs> Megyn Kelly said she didn't know what blackface was in high school, a hundred of her high school classmates signed a petition saying they knew what blackface was, which is like, <laughs> what? But I think people do this sometimes just for that reason. Because they didn't like Megyn Kelly, they wanted her to lose her job, or they just were they were not on the political side of the ledger that she was on. And as for 
Anthony Blinken and all these former CIA people. I mean, Leon Panetta signed it. Uh, James Clapper, Obama CIA director, John Brennan. I mean, wouldn't you think there'd be some interest in these people and the fact that they signed something that really eliminated a story that was damaging? And I'm not saying the let, that the story would have changed the election or otherwise. It's just that, wow, what a fucked up way of doing business that was. And the way the media carried the mail is kind of incredible. I mean, I would say it's a pretty good example of how to make anything go away. I don't know if it would work again, but it seems like it'd be worth a try. Come on, man. But uh, that story, too, I don't know, is that story being reported a lot? Because now the media's in this position where, oh, fuck, we have to report on this Hunter Biden whistleblower. And so all of a sudden, they're all reporting on the whistleblower. Well, in regards to uh, the IRS whistleblower and his, the, um, uh, not paying taxes and whatnot. So, that I mean, that was covered Friday morning. Well, when with, he came out, because his lawyer was out there talking to people, because he, he, he isn't named yet. In my opinion, I have much less interest in whether Hunter Biden legally bought a gun, whether Hunter Biden paid taxes or whatever. I'm more interested in how nine Biden family members got large sums of money from China, Russia, and Ukraine. To me, that is, that's the story, is what the fuck is well, going on? The story on is if the, other side, if the other side got anything for it. Well, but do we really want family members no, of but I think people? They don't don't you think they capitalize on the name all the fucking time? Like, well, yeah, most, but, like but what scum? they said was that Hunter Biden was a oh he's a good board member for this thing in Ukraine. He never got money from China and Russia. That was always the story. Was that no, no, no? This is all bullshit. Sure. China is total bullshit. And then they keep moving the goalposts, moving the goalposts. Well, yeah, he got money from China, but uh, his father had nothing to do with it. And then that's all they said. Well, is he, that his, his father, father doesn't know anything his about Biden. his business. Joe Biden doesn't know anything about Hunter's business, but he did fly on Air Force Two to China with Hunter when he met a guy from an energy company where Joe Biden was president. you got another guy, and this is really getting in the weeds here, but Tony Bobolinsky, who says he also met Joe Biden. He's the one who was emailed the, the uh, you know, with the division of funds with 10% going to, quote unquote, the big guy. Now, whether they ever get into that, I think what they're trying that to do... should be very easy to prove, then. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the problem is. They're I mean, this whistleblower, yeah. the whistleblower claims that, you know, the books are cooked or that the, uh, you know, or that the investigators are cooked. And a lot of people are wondering what the fuck is going on with the deal. I mean, this is way over my head. I was just fascinated, honestly. And I know I'll get railed for it for, for the politics of it. I'm more fascinated by the media and how the media just killed that story. It just killed it. I mean, platforms, literally, you couldn't put anything up. And public, uh, uh, public television said, this is such a non-story, we're not even reporting on it, which is bizarre. I mean, I've never heard them do that about any story. In fact, I can hardly think of a news outlet that said, this is such a non-story, we're not doing a story on it. I mean, you usually would just not do a story on it. But... Anyway, that one will uh, be interesting to see. I think it's going to end up with some sort of IRS thing or um, the gun thing. What? That's from like 2014 or something. I mean, it just seems like a really odd thing to charge some with now. Uh, but then again, you have Trump. Oh, but if and he's not the, paying his taxes, fuck him. Well, if he's not paying his taxes, yeah. I mean, that's all very complicated. And his financial records are extremely complicated. And they've been under lock and key with the, the, the child who he had with the stripper, and when they got to the financial documents, then, of course, he suddenly settled. 
and now she's asking him for more money and on and on and on. But the wrong kid died. Along with this story is the uh, the story that Hunter is going to take a more active role in the Joe Biden campaign because they're. It's a great idea. Have they? They have not announced that officially, have they? Oh, he's supposed to announce it this week, I guess. And they've got the. Uh, there's a new poll today in USA Today, which is. I find all these polls unnerving because what the polls are telling me is that these two people are actually going to run against each other for president in 2024. And I don't really want to see either one of them on the ballot because Joe Biden's going to be 82 years old and Trump will be 79, I think. But 93 percent of 2020 voters uh, for Trump approved of the job he did as president 5% 5% disapprove, according to the new USA Today poll. 45% are more excited to vote for Trump in 2024 than in 2020. 33% are less excited. As far as the, this is probably the most interesting in the poll, the Trump indictment. 69% said it made no difference. And then you have the other 31%. Of that 31%, Thank you. 7 to 1 say it makes them more likely to vote for Trump than against him. So the indictment makes people seven to one more likely to vote for Trump than not. As for Biden, That's right. um, his numbers were not bad. They're about the same. 85% of his 2020 voters approve of the job he's doing. 10% disapprove. I got 40, hairy legs. 40, well, actually, this is uh, significant. 43% are less excited about voting for him in 2024. 24% are more excited, whereas with Trump, it's 93% of 2020 voters are more exhilarated at the idea of voting for him, in t- I, which I just, I don't know, all of it blows my mind, to Corn be honest. Pop was a bad dude. 70% said Biden's positions and policies are about right. 21% said not progressive enough. 6% said too progressive. And on the subject of age... said it doesn't make a lot of difference, and 42% said they're less likely to support him. But less likely doesn't mean anything, because what, are they going to not vote for him? They're going to vote for Trump instead? It'll make the the primaries easy. Also remember that every single poll is always off when it regards to Donald Trump. Trump. I don't know why it is, but every poll has been so off. Well, these these polls are asking people within the party, so they might be a little better, but you're right. Trump polls have typically been pretty nuts. On the business of Biden running for a second term, within the Democratic Party, 49% said no, they do not want him to, and 40% said yes. So, uh, but he's going to run, and he's going to announce it any day now. Uh, Hall Financial is our presenting sponsor. Hall Financial wants to remind you, if you think it might be time to buy, the first call you need to make is to Hall Financial. They've got a lot of great programs now, including... A 1% down program with up to $4,000 in forgivable down payment assistance for qualified buyers. If you think about spring, summer renovations, a second home up north, take advantage of the equity in your house now. Go to the website and click the link to get started for the for the above and beyond five-star service from Hall Financial for you, our listeners. Or call 866-CALL-HALL and make sure to tell them we sent you to Hall Financial. can't believe and, we didn't play Charlie Langton's 420 piece, the biggest piece. Play it on the end if you want. I, I, just, I pulled a ton of drops from it, and now then no one's going to know what they're from. <laughs> Play it now. It's a well, huge, huge video. And everybody hears the whole thing anyway. If the drops are good, the drops are good. But we had the... Um, I had also timed out Fouts on the news on Friday, because Fouts oh, was told yeah. he cannot run for mayor, and I oh, swear, I'm on the so Channel mad. 7 story, 
His face is so red, I think he was getting hotter from the inside out. I think that was his body getting hotter because what won't kill him makes him hotter. And he can't run for mayor, which he says is, which is weird because they had a term limitation law passed. So I don't understand. He had some quote about that. It contradicts the lower court's uh, decision. It's like, that's the idea of appealing. Does he not understand that? (laughs) No. Uh, and then, oh, just let the people decide. Let the people vote. Yeah. Well, that's they did. Not the they, they're the ones yeah, that voted for term limits. Sixty-seven percent. They passed him. But yeah, I, I'll save the the news clips he was on because he was he was all fouts, and he is hotter than ever. I'm here on the west side of Detroit celebrating 420 Day. It is a uh, hey, Jay. J- <laughs> it's a beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing. Smoke it on the news. Smoke it, man. Hit it, Charlie. Hit it, man. Hit it, Charlie. (laughs) That holiday, 420, April 20th, celebrating everything hot. How are you celebrating it today? Like this, you know what I'm saying? Smoking weed, you know what I'm saying? Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody on the bus. Like many on the weed bar bus from Eastern Market to here. It's first stop at the Detroit Herbal Center on Detroit's west side. Free weed. Who wants the weed? And many happy that this year, smoking pot for recreation is legal and business is good. Business has been good. Yeah, you making you know money? I can't complain. Is it cheaper now? Heck yeah, way cheaper. I'm saying like the gang's saturated now, so like everybody can afford it. And further on the west side, on the corner of Warren and Greenfield, the Herbalist Cannabis Company is celebrating. 420, the holiday uh, that only matters to a lot of people in Detroit. 420, 420, all the time. It's not just today, it's mostly every day. And with all this pot, most places are giving away free burgers or Cinnabons or sandwiches. How was it? Charlie, listen to me. I ain't gonna lie to you. Amazing. You gotta grab one of them Jones. So, with the munchies satisfied, feeling good, it's back on the weed bus for another 420 celebration in the D. Look at me, Ma. I made it. On Detroit's West Side, Charlie Langton, Fox 2 News.